Hey everybody, welcome to the Collective Podcast. Um, my name is Ash Thorpe. Today we have a new format. Basically, I'm going to do a little introduction about the guest and why they're here and why you're listening to them. For this episode 58, we have the mighty talented Thomas Skulls. Thomas is a concept creator, illustrator, painter. He's really amazing creative. We talk about the high level of creating art and getting in that zone, finding serendipity in your moments of creation. Um, Thomas has really figured out how to manifest that in his work and it shows he's got some really amazing stuff. There'll be links at the bottom of the page if you're interested in checking out his stuff. So on top of all this awesome news is we have a new sponsorship. It's a product that I've been using called Basecamp. I've been using it for about three years now. Um, it's a really awesome project man- management tool for working on projects with remote teams or even if you're in the same building. It just helps helps keep everybody on the same page, which is really significantly powerful. So if you're working on a digital space, it just keeps everything in, in, in clean and organized. It's, it's unlike you know a bunch of email chains, which can be completely uh, you can be lost in a project if it gets big and vast. One big project that wouldn't have probably even happened without its uh, help is uh, the recent homage that we did with Ghost in the Shell. Uh, we had like a team of about 40 people total sharing all their information and files and ideas and reference and, and all that stuff. So it was it's a significant tool to us even getting that done. The, the cool thing about it too is uh, if you're interested in trying this, which I, I highly recommend, um, there's a 60 day free trial, um, no credit card required. Um, you'll be amazed if you give it a chance how usable it is, how awesome it works and, and just a really great great tool basically to help you get your job done better. There's a link at the bottom of the description. So um, if you're interested, give it a go. Um, big thank you to Jamie and Basecamp for um, believing in the podcast and helping us do this. Uh, on top of this, we also have uh, a new introduction song by the talented Pilot Priest. We'll have a link to that song if you're interested as well. And big thanks to uh, Anthony for allowing us to use it. Without further ado, uh, episode 58. Let's get it on. we'll just dig right into it like are you a fan of film or a fan of photography or a fan of painting are you a fan of it all together yeah man i love i love it all like it's there's there's always something to be learned from from each and every different medium um i don't i don't think we mentioned video games but that's definitely up there um, yeah you seem to be like um you've worked quite a bit with within the video video game realm right so it's kind of like a where you focus a lot of your time and energy on with client it's work, definitely so. my passion. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a concept artist by trade, but um, I, I want to make video games, and that's where my last few years have been is uh, in efforts to to sort of learn how to do um, more than just paint, uh, and that's that's been good to me. It's been it's been very satisfying to uh, branch out quite a bit. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, the day and age for creation on the platforms that we have and the technology we have with with stuff within world creating and content creating is like, it's just insanity really. Um, so it's cool that you're into this stuff. I'm recently getting back into video games after like not really been interested in for a very long time. And it's changed a lot. There's a lot of really cool stuff happening in that where it's like people that have, um, specific tastes, you know, um, are -hmm. able to create content that, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like when I last remember playing video games and really loved them was like back when Doom was really big. Sure, man. And I just loved it because it was like world, like going through worlds and stuff. So 
and uh, I've been having a lot of talks about all this kind of stuff recently, um, just with Oculus and all that stuff. So it's really interesting to see the platforms and how things are changing and, and um, how people are interacting with them. And, and at the end of it, too, it's like a, it's a matter of people like yourself and mine and, and, and most people probably listening, uh, building the worlds, creating them and what they look like and why they look this, the way that they do. Um, the thing that I find that was interesting about the way that you work, and I guess, are you familiar with Jeff Simpson? I'm sure you probably are. Yeah, absolutely. He's a great guy. Yeah, he, he was awesome. We had him on the podcast um, a couple months back. But you guys have, um, I wouldn't say even similar, but you guys have this ability of capturing um, realistic texture and then bringing them into a, a painterly form that's a, kind of like a hodgepodge, a mix of both. You know, is that with your process of how you create? Is are you attempting at creating like a a merge between the two? Like, do you see a seam between them, or you feel that they're both one and the same. Well, I can't. I can't speak for Jeff. Sure, but, uh, sure, of course, for yourself. Actually, most, the whole podcast, were, you should just speak for Jeff. So, <laughs> actually, let's just switch format and let's just talk about Jeff for a while. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> no, sorry. He Go smells ahead. wonderful, and he's a very <laughs> kind soul. Uh, kissable lips. Oh, dang. <laughs> Maybe we should edit that part out. I don't know. Um, most most of my work is is digital. Ninety nine percent of it is digital. I don't know that I'm I'm purposely trying to to merge any any worlds. Um, I do think Jeff and I have sort of um, an organic process where we like to find things. We like to feel it out a little bit. And I think I think the best mood pieces and honestly the best compositions come from. Um, that organic process where you you know you'll put something down and you'll react to it and you'll you'll remove what doesn't work and um, I don't know like painting painting to me is is still an adventure that's what keeps me doing it is I'm constantly surprised by my own work and it's um I mean it's as entertaining as reading a book or a good movie or playing a good game it's uh, it's it's very satisfying in that way. That's really cool to hear that because I guess with what you're saying is it's all about the exploration. So mm -hmm. like obviously you've understood like how paint works or painting works and form and shadow and, and all that kind of stuff because it's in your work and it's fused in it. But now it's like I'm just, I'm jumping here, but it's like you you've figured out how to use the tools and now you're just kind of like building things and having fun and, 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 and just letting randomness happen, I guess, and enjoying that. Certain. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think after a while you start, fo you stop focusing on how and you start focusing on why. Sure. Um, that's, and, and that's the next level, I think, was what you're saying. Well, I think, I think you, you constantly cycle between the two. Um, but I mean, like how you say something is just as important as what you're saying. If you, if you can communicate it well, then, you know, it'll come across. If you don't know how to communicate what you're trying to say, um, it's, it's just as worthless, I, I suppose, you know? Yeah, definitely. And the thing that I read in your, like, kind of like your about contact information page is, is it, I don't know if word for word, obviously, but riffing on that same idea is like communicating, you know, like you're communicating ideas or emotions or just feelings. And um, there's like, it's something that has to do with the communication side of things, you know? And if you don't, like you said, if you don't know how to articulate something, which is basically like understand how like light touches form, basically, then it's it's just, it's a challenge to really convey what you're like trying to say, basically. Which is, I guess, all in all, is 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 art is a, is a higher level of communication. Um, that's how I look at it, at least personally. 
I, I, I like to view it honestly as a science. Um, I see it as research. I see it as a lens to examine things. You know, it's, it's not, not even just paintings. I think, I think a good video game can be this microcosm that, that um, it's not necessarily about the answers you can put in there. It's, it's setting up a, a, a good system to ask those questions. Sure. Yeah. No, that's I definitely. Think, I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, oddly well, enough, world building. Yeah. Oddly enough, I think one of um, one of the games recently I've been playing is uh, is Tropical Five that just came out, and it's it's really interesting to have this sort of system to um, play with how how you would style a government um, and and sort of the problems that uh, that pop up based off of how you're doing that, and it's it's a lot of fun. Like that's that's what gives me a lot of pleasure from video games um, is. Um, is sort of a forum to explore these things. Like, yeah, it's nice to have games to unwind and to relax, um, but I'm 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 always happy when I see games that can uh, push our understanding further. Sure. Have you seen? Uh, I I mean, that's awesome because I don't I don't necessarily play games because I felt like it kind of it's disconnected. I just bought Gone, Gone Home. I don't know if you played that. I haven't. I heard it's really interesting. Uh, I've had a lot of friends tell me about it, and um, I'm, I'm excited to give that a go um, just because I'm curious about... Uh, I, I like the idea of, of using something very simple but creating mood and tension and form and stuff because some of my favorite films are films that, you know, they're completely different from games, but they uh, they stem from the same thing, which is a human experience for me. And so I'm trying to figure out, like, how these people who created it are creating this realm that's, like an experience basically um and how they did it and just i'm just curious because i like to build worlds and just like experiences myself and so it's more like research and i guess it's kind of like mm-hmm. you said like science you know trying to discover the science of it and focusing on like how things are work and the ingredients of it and stuff so well that's is, great i'll have to i'll have to check that one out yeah it's pretty interesting i was also going to ask have you seen the the film her have you seen that yet uh not yet i'm waiting i'm waiting for the right moment and then i'll I'll definitely check it out. I'm super interested. Yeah, I think uh, it sounds like you might be interested in this kind of thing uh, because there's there's a lot of these kind of topics I won't go into since you haven't seen it, but um, the the idea of, of an experience and what that is and how to mm-hmm. how to you know create worlds so that the experience helps you experience something else, you know, mm-hmm. so higher level like thinking kind of stuff. So totally, and I, I think I think it's easy to forget that uh, the first word in science fiction is science. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I've I've definitely been interested because it seems like it's um an interesting sort of analysis on on probably something that will we might even face in our lifetime. But uh, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I I mean it's I hope so, and I think it's really close. We we live in this this age. Um, I feel really blessed to be in this age where, I mean, look at the internet. You know, like for example, we're just sending information to one another. Mm-hmm. through Skype, you know, and we're in completely different locations. We've never met or talked before really outside of emails and we're able to have like exchange ideas and, and, and concepts and stuff. That's really cool. It's like never happened before where we have this level of connectivity, you know, so, and it really blows my mind too, how people choose to use it, you know, it's like some people choose to do like really amazing things and some people don't, I guess it's just kind of how things work, I guess. So not everybody sure sees the brilliance of like, you know, living, I guess, you know, so, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tool, you know, it's a tool like any other, we can use it for good or we can use it for bad. Sure. Totally. I, I guess. It's, yeah. It's a good era we live in. I, I agree completely. Yeah. Super lucky to be here. You know, just like 
I don't know. I always think about it like, um, I mean, I don't know what it must have felt like to live in like the thirties or something like that, but, um, I don't know. Maybe it would, maybe it was a lot simpler and, and life was a lot better. I don't know. But, um, now it's just really interesting because of the, the ability to have like everything that you need. I'm, re- I'm, I, I'm not, do you read much? Are you into books at all? I try and I, I, I'm, I'm fond of audiobooks while I'm doing work as well, but, uh, same. What were you going to mention? Um, I'm currently, um, consuming this book called, uh, Ready Player One. Okay. Have you heard of it? I have not. Tell me about it. It's pretty cool. Um, so I'm, I've only gotten like maybe four hours into it, but it's kind of like for me, um, and forgive me if I'm wrong to people that listen to it or read it or like it. And, and I might be wrong with my opinion on it, but it's like a, like a Willy Wonka, but like the cyber version of it. So it's like this, this poor kid that, um, there's basically in the future VR, you know, is obviously like the predominant uh, experience. And so people are using it to like kind of escape reality and everything kind of lives on there, like schooling systems and all that kind of stuff. And, um, the guy that created like this experience, this VR experience, um, perishes and he's like crazy rich, but he leaves like an, an Easter egg inside one of the worlds that he creates and the, and all his inheritance goes to the person that can find it. Uh, and it's all based off of like all these crazy like uh, clues and stuff. So it's just kind of like this interesting like uh, experience. And so far, I mean, that's just my take on it from now. But I still have like another like I don't know, twelve hours or so of the experience of reading, listening to it. So I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll change as I go through it. But as of now, it's really cool. It's interesting. You know, I love books. Like I love listening to them as well. So. And just the ideas and exchange of ideas is really cool. Is there something that you've listened to recently that you're really into? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to write that one down. That sounds interesting. Um, I think maybe if I could just recommend any one book to artists, it's um, Proust was a neuroscientist. Have you heard of that one? No, Proust is a neuroscientist. I believe the author is Jonah Lauer. So if you've ever listened to like Radio Lab, you've probably heard him on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've um, heard that before. I've heard of that name. Yeah, so he's he's a neuroscientist, and um, the book is actually about all sorts of different artists that have um, long ago sort of intuited intuited um, a lot of the discoveries being made in neuroscience right now. And I, I think it's I think it's great for every artist to read just to understand like what is so powerful about our craft, you know, about understanding the human experience. Um, so it, it it goes through. Um, you know, visual artists, um, authors, um, even even a chef, uh, which might have been my favorite chapter actually, because I'm I'm always finding parallels between you know taste and cooking and uh, sight and and visual art. So there, it's so true. Yeah, couldn't be more true. There's like this weird. I always notice it too, and I'm like, wow, that's like exactly the same as this, or just altered a little bit, but they're very similar. Yeah, and it's it's really it's really that? fun. I yeah. think um, I think it's unfortunate that uh, I mean the the title itself, video game, or if you want to get a little fancier, interactive entertainment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, turns. But in in general, as as artists, it seems like we're we're often relegated only to entertainment, um, and I think it's I think it's extremely important to realize that um, to me it is a science. You know, whether it's it's the humanities or it's a soft science, I don't know, but. 
um, to me, it's 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 an important part of of understanding life itself. Yeah, I think it, what what maybe I'm interpreting it as, and what I think is that it's like opening up the the fourth the third eye, basically the eye of um, investigation of like the unknown, and and through art and through the technique of using art for portraying ideas and concepts from one mind one's mind to the other. You know, like the phrase "a picture is worth a thousand words." Like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so true you can say i could say like i could i could basically get one of your paintings or you could ex- you could describe and go like yeah like there's this purplish bluish hue and there's like this cube that's back there and there's like this greenish light that's coming from the top but you can't see it and there's these like guys and there's these other thing and there's these like bridges and lines and like all this stuff and and i could imagine a completely different image and then you give it to me and, and it's like the act of using your design language or your ability to convey images um, is kind of really significant. Um, and I think that's what you're saying, like not trying to lack, lose the power, I guess, within how important it is, I guess, with conveying things and outside of just the, the norm, I guess. So, yeah. And I think, I think, you know, no matter who you are, you can use your art or your craft to further understand like, um, you know the 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 human condition, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, the reason the reason I'm so passionate about um, video games or the interactive medium is uh, I do I do think there's a special place, there's a special thing that um, no other medium has yet. That um, I mean, it's interactivity. It's 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 the choose your own adventure books that maybe we all grew up on, but yes. it's it's that to such a great degree. But it can still be sort of a narrow scope, like to to analyze a certain region of um, of the human experience. I think most recently there's a game called Papers, Please that um, I, I couldn't be more impressed with because it, it puts you in the place of, um, of a border guard who's, who's, whose job is to check passports. Um, it's actually a very stressful game. Like I, I'm not sure I would call it fun um, other than it is, it is very challenging. Um, but you're, you're constantly put in this moral dilemma and you have these choices to make that... Um, you know, a, a, a book or a movie um, doesn't allow you to have that in, in the same degree. Sure. Yeah, I've been talking. This is interesting. I mean, you're going to really like her, I think. And I've been talking a lot about my interpretation with, like, companies or just people in general about, like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in love with film. I grew up on film. And I actually, to bring up that idea of the choose-your-own-adventure books where it's more of an immersive experience... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love those like growing up, I actually just recently bought a couple to read with my daughter. She gets mm-hmm. a total kick out of it too, which is a lot of fun. But, um, the, my look at like what films are and what they've become and what the Hollywood engines become and what it's spun itself out to be for mm-hmm. me, I'd look at films as being almost like how we look at Broadway musicals now or musicals in general, where it's like, it's like books too. It's like, I'm always going to have books just because I love physical books. I come from that generation, but like the internet has changed that experience completely. And with movies, I look at them as being like, they're still going to be around, but they're not going to be as predominant once virtual reality kicks in. And once virtual reality really kicks in, that's going to open up a whole like different dimension of consumption and it, it's going to get real dark i think for certain things but it's going to be really cool for other things obviously for experiences and experiencing other people's worlds and sure you know all these kind of you know the theories of these things i mean are you into this are you into this? i mean obviously you're mentioning science and stuff are you into like um theories and stuff like string theory or the the theory of the simulation theory 
of us being within a simulation. I don't know so that, that I'm I'm terribly knowledgeable in those areas, but I'm 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 definitely into it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, if you really d- dig into those concepts, you know. I think I think video games would be a perfect format for a lot of that. Um, yeah. And like you were saying, I mean, it's not like movies are going anywhere. No. It's not like books are going anywhere. The, each each medium has its its expertise. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I definitely appreciate when I find when I find that in any medium, it's it's um, it's encouraging. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And and um, it's just like choose your own adventure books. Like they had their time; they were really great. And then, like I'm enjoying them now but at the same time like what you're saying the experience of having um i guess um like you're mentioning that game with the papers please and all that stuff and what you're saying is like from what i'm getting is that if you read a book you wouldn't get that interactive experience because when you are reading a book it's a one-sided conversation same with watching a film Mm -hmm. but once you play a game it's like okay like i can have an impact here and i can do this and that Sure. I mean, I think a specific example from that game is um, you have you have the choice to to do what you think is right. Uh, like um, one specific example in that game is uh, uh, there's there's um, there's a man who comes up to your booth. He's his passport's in order, um, and he mentions his wife is right behind him. And you know, to please be nice to her, um, she comes up and her passport's actually expired. Um, and you have the choice of like sort of um, letting her in illegally and, and you'll get fined for that essentially. Um, and if you do that, um, you don't have the money to feed your children or have heat for your home and your family can actually get sick and eventually die if you don't get enough money. And money's very, very tight in the game. Like it's, um, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a good situation for the entire country that uh, I, I suppose you represent. Um, and it's it's so impactful because it is a choice. Like it, you're not you're not following along. You're not a spectator. You made a choice, and it's your consequence. So, hmm. um, I guess I guess that's what's most powerful and unique about uh, video games to me. Yeah, it's like a psychological experience, and huh, like an ethical and moral kind of experience that you you put yourself Absolutely. through. I mean, it's a it's a pseudo experience. Like it's 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 simulating an experience for sure. you, whereas you know, a movie and a book, you're usually along for the ride. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's more or less potent. I'm sure I'm saying it's different. Yeah, of course. I think there's value in both if they're done right. You know, like, um, you can read a really amazing book that can change your life. I've done it. Um, hmm. I have many books that have helped change my direction as to who I am as a person. But, um, this interaction kind of experience is really interesting as well, psychologically, um, just because of the, the value and levels that it can give you. Um, develop your empathy or kind of give you a better um, understanding. One thing I always tell people that I think is really important as a human being, if you can do it, is to travel as much as you can um, when you can because like when you travel and experience different things, you really get a better understanding of what it is to be human and how it is to be a human living on this earth with other people, just kind of existing with one another and understanding um you know, it's, it's not easy for everybody, you know, and, and, and at the same time it is, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, that, that reminds me, I mean, we're talking so much about film and I, um, in the corner of my eye, I can actually see the last film that really did, um, enlighten me. Uh, it's, uh, Sam Sara. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I have. I've seen half of it. It's, uh, 
really awesome. I had I got interrupted in the middle of it and I like couldn't finish it, but it was yeah, it's a phenomenally beautiful film. Very it was such a great really cool experience. Um, I mean, it's 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 beautiful, it's gorgeous. Um the director Ron Fricky um or it might be Frick, I'm not entirely sure. Um I mean, he'll tell you that it, it, it was designed as a guided experience, um, uh, as guided meditation, actually, for hmm. uh, the cycle of life and death. And it's, it's, I'm always happy to see, you know, whatever the medium, the, the author, um, when, they, when they will respect the audience and just sort of bring them along with them without um, sort of lecturing or dictating. This is, it's, it's a film that um, you, might not, you might not get the exact message that they were going for, but well, and I'm uh, sure it's personal to you and the feelings that you're having at that moment too, mm-hmm. which is great. No, I agree. I hate when, not that I hate it, I just have a hard time when, when people are spoon feeding things or being too preachy. Mm-hmm. Um, or they remove the mystery or sure. uh, maybe show the monster a little too soon and it's it's not quite as scary as what you had in your mind. It's um, Yeah, nothing is as scary as what's in your mind because <laughs> no, everybody's monster is personalized, you know. Psychologically, mm-hmm. people should understand that, you know. But. I think I think some of the scariest I've ever been is in uh, Hitchcock films. Yeah, yeah, that's a great example. And you, I think for me, the reason why, and, and I actually, um, we just finished a little short film, and he he was a big inspiration for us, um, editing wise as well. Um, Anthony, my friend Anthony, and I um, were really into his work because he's a he was a master at, at setting tension and pacing mm-hmm. and leading you through the the experience. Uh, and like, um, what are some of those, the, um, Hitchcock films that you enjoy that have impact to you emotionally? Oh, um, psycho. I think, I think it's rear window. Uh, yeah, that's that interesting. I've, I've seen, I've seen probably the most, I think that's, that's such an anxiety inducing film in so many <laughs> ways or, yeah. uh, the name's escaping me right now, but the, the one with the blind woman, um, uh, um it's not vertigo. Which one is it? Uh, Damn, I can't think of the name right now. I'm yeah. bad with names, but yeah, uh, same. I mean, I I probably haven't seen that since I was a child, and that's that's probably because I'm a little too scared of the uh, the amount of um, anxiety and stress it'll induce. But uh, it's it's a good one for sure. Oh, it's called Wait Until Dark. Okay, that's yeah. a that's like, a great title for it. Yeah, yeah, man, what a crazy untapped territory. He really capitalized on all that and brought forth so much stuff. Yeah, I'm a huge lover of, of film. I just love the heck out of it and it's it's interesting to see where it's gone, where it's where it's going to be going and what it's become. It's yeah, there's some really interesting things and and um yeah, when you tap into those cerebral experiences, are you like a fan of David Lynch's films? Uh, you know, I'm still getting into David Lynch. Takes time. Uh, yeah. I think I think People have ruined Twin Peaks for me enough that like it usually takes me a couple years to forget what they have have told me. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's finally time for me to to dive into that because I, it's uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember. People have ruined it for me, but I'm I'm I might be ready finally. What can <laughs> you say about him? No, I think well, um, the, a little bit of reading I've done and studying on him is he's really into um, meditative thinking, meditative thought, um, hmm. the human psyche. Um, and his films, um, I think, convey a lot of that. It, it depends on your mood and how you set yourself up for that experience. But um, some of his films really have that, I don't know, cerebral kind of 
um, out of body kind of thing. If you it depends on what you get from it, obviously everybody, you know, like I said, everybody's personalized with their experience. They might be having problems with their girlfriend or something when they watch it. And then they're all upset about the female character or something, you know, you never know. But, um, for me, I try to just, I watched usually for me, I don't know if you're the same way. I have a hard time at paying attention to just one or the whole film at was one as one thing. I usually pay attention to the images first and then I listen to the dialogue second, and then I watch, try to watch it all together as a, as a whole thing. So it takes me like three or four times to really f- experience a film. I'm not I'm not sure I can totally relate to that, but I, I I'm I'm certainly the type that like um, I mean, as I mentioned with her, like I'm waiting for the for the right mood, the right moment for me to watch it. And there's there's always movies like that, and even games that um, I'll wait until I'm ready. And it's it's hard to really describe what that is. You just sort of know it when it happens. Um, but I also, I mean, um, I make sure I live in a very quiet place in a quiet apartment because I, I do like to uh, immerse myself as as deep as possible in those films. Like, as if I can lose myself and have absolutely no distractions, that's that's definitely me. And uh, because of that, I don't I don't often see films in theater, um, except uh, now as a freelancer, it's really wonderful to go like on a Wednesday afternoon to go see something because there's yeah. There's no one around. I love that too. Yeah. Just being able to do um, what you like. And yeah, going to see a matinee is so much better than going like a premiere night. Especially if you go like watch a kid's movie. um, Just because like all the crying kids and the screaming distractions. You know, I've I've actually seen some kids' movies where the audience was beneficial. Yeah, where they just would help you along with the emotion. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's, you know, some jokes that that you don't get, but... um, uh, kids can be annoying, but they can also like, uh, you know, if they're laughing and enjoying it, I, I find that can be extremely contagious. Oh yeah. And that's, that's usually the sort of movie I'll, I, I will actually go see in theaters is, is maybe something that I'm, I'm not in, you know, terribly interested in maybe the, the author's intention. It might just be something for fun or entertainment. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I mean, I guess it's um, just a matter of what experience you want to have. What's the last film that you've uh, had a chance to check out in the theater that you can remember? I'm going to have to think about that one. It's It can be pretty rare. Yeah? You don't go to the theater. Do you live in San... Uh, not San... Do you live in California? I live in Seattle. Okay, so, so you're up north. Okay. I guess that makes I, sense yeah. because you're with like Microsoft and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're all came, up there, right? I came up here for ArenaNet um worked at microsoft for a while too um we have we have a great theater up here it's uh it's a cinerama theater so it's it's massive and it's got about 900 seats i can't remember the last film i went to see but i can remember the last film that i was grateful to have seen it in in theater and that was 2001 a space odyssey that oh yeah yeah it's um (laughs) they did a re-screening of it yeah i think i think they had original film wow uh, Really, really just gorgeous to see that large. And, and the Cinerama is, I mean, I think it's, you know, before IMAX, it was as big as it got. Uh, originally, I think they had to have three projectors. It's, um, it's a lot of crazy. fun. And if, you're ever, if you're ever in town, first of all, hit me up. But uh, second of all, Seattle, Cinerama, huh? um, they, have, they have lots of like, uh, they rotate in different um, costumes from film. Uh, I think it's owned by Paul Allen, and he has just a, an amazing collection of uh, I think there was lots of Fifth Element last time I was there. There's usually some Blade Runner stuff. Wow. In really? the actual theater, like just display yeah. and stuff? 
Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. And it's stuff, it's stuff that rotates in and out from uh, the EMP museum up here. They also have a, a sci-fi fantasy museum that, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a great city for, um, for artists. Absolutely. Yeah. I've heard that too. I've heard that I've heard it. Seattle is a big hub. And I've also heard that Austin is a really big hub as well in Chicago. Um, like there's, there's these like kind of places where you wouldn't think they would happen and they're just sprouting up where people are cultivating and collecting and, and sharing thoughts and ideas and stuff. And it's really cool to hear that. Uh, I want to get up there. Uh, definitely. I haven't, um, I think I was passing through there when I was doing that short film. Um, just that's where we landed. We went out to actually, we went out to Twin Peaks to film it. But, oh, okay. um, yeah, that was, um, I liked the city from what I saw. It was a really interesting city as well. Like just the build up and stuff. And there were so many houses like on the lake and stuff. We crossed over that, like, I'm sure there's many of them, but we've crossed over a long like bridge that was really shallow that like went over this long lake and everybody's houses was like right oh, on the shore. Yeah, that was probably Lake Washington. You may have seen Bill Gates's house, but um, those bridges, uh, my, you know, I, I used to commute across them, and it, uh, those bridges always have something new for you to like look at, and it was it was one of my nicer commutes. Um, but they're they're actually floating bridges, which as as a concept artist is an interesting. Yeah, structurally, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's just really it was really cool, like driving through the city too. Like underneath the buildings, there's like skyscrapers over like the structures that you're driving under and stuff. It was just like wow, this is really an interesting place. Yeah, and it's cool that there's a cultivation of of art and talent. I definitely want to make it up there, and that that. Cinemascope sounds great. My friend Brad uh, Gmonk, he he went and saw like a screening of 2001 as well. I don't they didn't have it down in San Diego, not that I know of. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting to me too, and I don't know if you know this, but like that film was a com- tremendous flop when it when it came out. Um, and I'm wondering. I always try to think about the psychology of why things are successful and why things take time to be successful and and all that stuff. Sometimes I'm mean, even Blade Runner and stuff. Did you know about that? Um, no, actually, I didn't. But for some reason, I'm I'm not surprised. Like it's it's definitely not formulaic. It's it's not something that we were used to. Um, and and I think I think the best sort of story for that is um, I think it's Jonah Lauer again talking about Stravinsky. Um, and it might even be in the book. Prost was a neuroscientist, but um, there's there's classical music that to our ears today sounds very tame, very orderly, and methodical. Um, but the um, the sort of urban legend around, uh, uh, I believe it's Stravinsky, the first the first time it was played, not only did the, the musicians playing it think he was insane, but uh, the the audience actually kind of rioted, hmm. um, and and like you know the authorities had to get involved and and calm everybody down. I'm sure it was a very polite riot, you know, everybody sure. dressed up to see. <laughs> so he was playing music, and it was provoking them to feel a certain emotion they were uncomfortable with. Is that what it was? It was it was music that was kind of based on discord. So it was it was definitely aimed at at, at provoking an uncomfortable emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so unlike and so different than what people were used to that um, they hated it like almost immediately. Huh. Um, but his his theory, I believe, was that um, once they got used to it, once once you know it had become part of the culture. Um, that that uh, they would recognize the patterns and the beauty, and and soon after that's exactly what happened. And and maybe he just had the greatest hype machine in the world because um, after that concert, everybody, absolutely everybody, wanted to you know go hear it. Hmm. Uh, 
So let's 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 write that one down. Next time we have something coming out, let's see if we can create a riot with it. Yeah, well, I think uh, it was funny. I was talking a lot about this uh, with a couple other friends too, and we were saying the acceptance of crowds and and it's if you get a, a, a an acceptance um, right away um, where the everybody loves it. It's almost like you're making. I mean, that's good. That's awesome. Good for you. You've nailed what is currently exactly now. Mm-hmm, which is good, mm-hmm. but you you haven't pushed the boundary of what is possible outside of that emotionally, I suppose. So, if that makes sense, it was a really interesting Absolutely. conversation we had. So it's like um, genuine art that pushes um, the the norm mm-hmm. is is obviously not accepted the same way um, others things are um, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, example of 2001, or even like I've been really talking about like um, Van Gogh as an artist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my knowledge of him, which I've studied him a little bit in college, and I remember, is like you know he <clears throat> he was himself. He he. Um, I think you can probably re- relate with this. Is um, when you draw, if you're just being yourself, it just becomes you. Mm-hmm. And like it's not necessarily anybody else. That's when you're actually doing it right, I think. And then um, it's challenging because if you're living in a world where people don't accept that, and they basically don't accept you for yourself, and so like I guess he went through a bit of, of time in his life where he just wasn't understood, but he just sure, kept man. he just kept at it um, because he had a strong will, mm-hmm. and then obviously he passed away and perished. And it's like, uh, you know, somebody who had the ability that he didn't have, which is um, connectivity and and like the higher clout of being like, this is good, you know, and discovered it and was like, this is good. And why? Because I said so. And it's like, you know, like then and sure. then then it's like in Barnes and Nobles and like every like it's like every art book and people like my my daughter will know about him and like in her schooling and stuff. It's just it's interest it's really interesting. It's kind of a bit fucked up to be completely honest, like how I backwards agree. it is, you know? I agree. I mean, he was definitely before his time and I think I think that's um I mean, I think that's got to be a miserable life, to be honest, like to not to not be understood in any degree. And as much as much as I appreciate that personality type, I'm I'm a lot happier when like I can be myself. But also if I can tie that to to things that are familiar, you know, if we can take what's unique and tie it to something familiar as sort of um, uh, to make it digestible and and communicate like um, I don't I don't. I mean, I think Van Gogh's notorious for being miserable and depressed, and um, I think a lot of artists are. Um, but I, 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 I really do feel like my goal is is yes to be myself, to be genuine, to explore the things that I'm I'm truly interested in. Um, but if I don't communicate that clearly to to other people, I feel like I've failed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, especially now with like I guess your perception and how you look at it with what the jobs that you do is is your your communicative artist where you like from from what I experienced from your work which always spoke to me is like your ability to create mood and create dynamic like spaces I guess and experience through the spaces like you're getting a viewpoint a viewport into your world and it very much it looks very much like just something that you created like nobody else created this this is very much yourself and so i think that you what you're saying is that you've been training yourself and there's you find the value in you know building these worlds and building a construct based off of like 
communicating, you know, and if you can't communicate, then there's, you, you see that there's less value in your work. So I don't know. That's my interpretation of what you're saying. Like, uh, obviously, obviously the people who are ahead of their times um, that haven't been recognized in their own lifetimes, they're, they're absolutely creating value. Um, I don't find that's been a sustainable system for me. Like, Creating value, if nobody gets it, is is not sustainable for me. I, I I get a lot of energy back through the communication, through not only people saying like, oh yeah, that's totally what he meant. Um, honestly, I get more energy from from sort of a I, I suppose it's a, a synergy or or something that's greater than the sum of its parts. Is is when someone sees my work and they might see something totally different, and they they come back and they tell me that, and that's that's as fun to me as creating the work, you know. Yeah, it's almost like you own a, a, a piece of mental real estate with them, though, because what you do is you 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 put effort into something. This is how I look at it. You put some effort into something, and you throw it out there, and you have somebody that you've maybe never met, never experienced a conversation with. They put it, process it through their head, and then they spit it back to you with a completely different perspective, and then. Yeah, I, I, that's a really interesting con- concept, you know, and and that's what I really love about films because it's moving pictures. Mm-hmm. So you have so much, like you have such a vast network, basically, of like the experience, you know. And, and images can do it as well, um, but just on this different scale, I suppose. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, you know, honestly, the, when I when I went. Um, when I, la- when I left my last studio job, I actually took a year off. Um, oh, good for you. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, I was, I was happy to be able to afford to do that. But uh, it, was, it was definitely a necessary step for me to, to sort of analyze where I'm at and just make an image. Sorry? Do you have family? I do not. No, yeah. I, have, I have a girlfriend. But um, I'm, 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 I'm lucky enough, I suppose, that um, at the moment I was able to, uh, to uh, be irresponsible. Yeah, well, no, that's that's actually really wonderful. I'll t- we'll talk about that in a minute. But sorry, go on. You took a year off. I took a year off, and like immediately, almost almost like an allergic reaction, I I just did like a couple dozen personal paintings. Yeah, I mean it. It was fun, and it was great to get those out. But um, to me, to me, painting's just not enough anymore. Like I need to wrap it into a greater package. And um, after after that happened, I um. I didn't paint for a couple couple months actually. Hmm. Was that uh, weird for you when you did that tr- transition of like almost like an artistic drought, or did you think about it? Oh yeah, I mean that's 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 all I did was think about it. That's that's what I did in my year. The reason uh, why think, and why you're doing it and those kind mm-hmm. of contemplative questions. Yeah, I mean, I wanted I wanted to find out again like why I had gotten into it. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, I. I I, I didn't find as much meaning in the single images, you know, it, it sure. was fun to do and it was fun to put up and it was fun to get reactions for. Um, but you know, after, after I took some time off from, from creating art, um, I came back and, and I took those paintings and I made little prototypes, little games out of them. And it was, it was probably the most satisfying feeling I'd had in a long time. Mm. And, and it's, it's just, it's just really nice to be able to create something greater with them that, um, sometimes, sometimes it falls flat when it's when it's just a, a a still image for sure. So sure, I guess it's a matter of what you get out of it, and and everybody seems to have their own levels. I mean, everybody that I interview on the podcast or talk with, it's just like everybody has their own levels at which they are at. And from my mm-hmm. outside perspective of what you just said is that okay, I've learned how to paint, I've learned how to create spaces. 
now what? And it's like, exactly. oh, let's was, go here, you know, let's build a It was world. a strong moment in my life where it stopped being about how and it, and it very much started being about why. And like I said earlier, it's, it's definitely a cycle. Like I can do a painting that's all about, you know, perspective or all about a certain part of color theory. And that's, that's very satisfying to me and it's very sustainable. It, it, it gives as much energy uh, as it takes. And, and that's wonderful. But um, I guess, I guess that's always to me more of a, uh, an additive process or subtractive process where I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking for something a little more multiplicative, something that's greater than the sum of its parts. And that, that magic usually will happen in, in film or, or, or video games or uh, a graphic novel. Or um, I have a lot of fun doing like, um, I'm, I'm calling them motion concepts, but that's probably already been taken. But just yeah. animating simple elements in, in an image is, is um, so satisfying to do. Similar to kind of like what you're doing with Halo. Is that what it is? Like the, yeah, the, it, the definitely, it definitely. Sorry, go ahead. The GIF images and all that kind of stuff is that. What yeah, it is? yeah, it's it it um it, it definitely evolved on Halo. I had a few concepts that um, I knew I couldn't get across with just uh, two dimensions. Yeah, uh, and and I, I think of it as kind of the fourth dimension, which is time, and um, it was it was a lot of fun, and it 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 was obvious that it had an impact on people because it it could be a simpler sketch, but if you add just a little bit of emotion in there, um, there's there's sort of an emotional resonance that um, I found very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people too, um, myself included, in the beginning of seeing your work, were curious as to how you created things. There was actually before we had the podcast, we. We're trying to get a better access to the to the listeners so people can get beneficial, like basically ask questions and I can try to make sure I cover those topics. Mm-hmm. But like um, there's a girl named Jennifer Lee, I think her name was, and she was asking about kind of how you you have these structures and architecture and mm-hmm. and and, and um, I guess we're going to get more in the process, but the reason why I will we'll, I'll, I'll explain why I'm talking about it. But sure. when, when I think somebody sees your work, I think that your process is is kind of, from what I understand, is, is is so much of the person that you are. So you kind of just go with the flow of your own understanding of things. But do you yeah. pl- do you plan it, or do you have it kind of see it in your eye, or do you just kind of run with it and have like, okay, well, this is like, um, you know, I'm underneath like a Mayan temple, and and the feeling is like this, and I'm gonna try and just capture it and build it off from there. She's talking okay. to like how she saw like your GIF animations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I also want to talk about your teaching stuff, but we'll get into that later. Okay. But, okay. But, so I guess I guess first of all, um, maybe it's helpful to to give a negative example to understand um, how I like to work. And I'll just say like um, I, I I feel like a terrible illustrator. Like the the classical illustrator sort of um, process of of thumbnail. And in, you know, comp or color study, and then a final. Um, to me, has always um, it feels like walking into a movie and knowing how it it, it it's going to end. Like it, it almost feels like you you kind of have to sit there because you paid you know twenty dollars to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's it's never it's never as much fun for me to to illustrate um, with my personal work when when I don't have a client when I don't you know I don't have a project in mind. I very purposely try to have. Um, no expectations or preconceptions, and I, and I, I, I very much enjoy being along for the journey while I create. Like it's, it's as I said earlier, as much fun for me 
as a good movie or a good book is to create something that is is spontaneous and organic and um that's definitely what keeps it interesting for me that's what i figured it was i i didn't for some reason and i guess when i looked at your work i Mm kind of instantly knew that you, you the way that you kind of create the way that I saw how I would create if it was in the same thing it would be kind of building it off and just allowing for the wonderment to kind of take way yeah uh, and I, I I almost like to say like it's like you have to respect the image like if you're putting this expectations on the image if you're if you're trying to change what it is into what it's not um, I, I, I actually would call that an abusive relationship and I, and I hate to personalize imagery that's that true. much. But no, but well, I mean, that's what I think you have to really, I think that's what separates a lot of people from understanding exactly how to be really great at it is you have to really go deep into the mythology, your own understanding, um, your own projected meanings, I guess, as to the actions that you put into it. I mean, yeah. not everybody's wanting to go as deep mentally as, as what we're talking about. I do. I love it. I love going super deep into the thought of like, okay, like why, mm-hmm. why? I always, why, always, why, like, why do this? Yeah, sure, why man. do that? And I think, I think if we even wanted to take it out of an emotional realm and, and, and bring it back into science, like I, I feel like it's, it's good science to do your research that way to, you know, like uh, maybe like a double blind study basically is if you're just looking at the image and you're asking yourself what potential is here, what can this image do? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's something that I, I still feel translates very well in the client work. If you, if you, if you have just sort of a primer in your brain of like, yeah, okay, this is under a Mayan temple or this is Egyptian-esque. Um, you can, you can find those rhythms and those things that, you know, the, the motifs that, that represent all those things. And, um, you can you can remix that into something new if you if you you know so can sort of calm down and and release any expectations and um, hmm. I mean honestly I think uh, the the sort of um, anecdote that I use the most is is a figure drawing anecdote and um, let's let's just try it here you've I I would imagine have been to a fair amount of figure drawing classes yeah I've been to uh, quite a few. I've not so, having years, but yeah, I have in the okay. past. Yeah. Let me know let me know if this sounds familiar. Is um every time I go figure drawing and I and I really love it. Even as an environment guy, I think it's the best way to learn how to draw. Um Can every time I go, it's usually been a while and I'm rusty and I know like I'm 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 not gonna do anything good. So I go into it and I'm just like, whatever, you know, let's just give it a shot. Sure. And after I get warmed up, I almost always do a drawing that I'm like, whoa. Where did that come from? That's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. Sound familiar so far? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So immediately... It's a total abandonment, yeah. Yeah, immediately what always happens to me um, is uh, now I have expectations, you know? It's like, oh, let's do more cool drawings or you know, yeah, maybe I can yeah. put these up on my blog. And all my drawings from then on are terrible. <laughs> Sound familiar? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the way the way I work is to try and stay in that zone of no expectations of I know this is hard, but let's just have fun with it. And um I, I feel like that's the best work you can do. And like um I have a lot of students that'll ask me like portfolio advice. Sure. And you know, if if they have a specific, you know, um studio in mind, we can we can strategize a little bit further, but generally all I say is like do not do portfolio pieces. You will choke on it. You know, you'll, you'll paralyze yourself 
with all the fears and doubts and expectations. Like my best work always comes from like the most random of sources. Like I might be testing out a new brush and then I'm like, well, hey, actually that that looks really interesting. I'd like to explore that further and see where it takes me. And um, that's definitely the region I'm happiest in. Definitely. And that's another thing that's really interesting about teaching and giving advice. Um, I always, I'm always very cautious about giving advice. I get people mm-hmm. ask me for advice and and the reason why is, as I, as I always know that there's there's no right way, you know? Like, you might say that your own way is this way, and then I might say, no, it's completely that way, you know? And, and the reasons for it. And that, but at the same time, I think um, people are coming towards you, you as an example of, like, I really love the mood and tone that you're able to find in your in your concepts and your in your paintings, and so they're kind of trying to figure out like how they can basically self-apply that same kind of formula in order to mm-hmm. achieve the same thing. But as far as like successes for it, I love the idea that you're saying you're kind of like being in that moment of like complete abandon, and you're just allowing yourself to kind of ride that riff. Has it did it take you a while to like really hone in on that, and then does it take you a while to get in and out of that? Or are you always in there now, or is that the zone? Um, it's a mental I mean, place. I think that was that was kind of my natural sort of rhythm. I, you know, not not having gone to art school, um, not really intending to be any particular type of artist. Um, uh, I mean, I, I I've really kind of fallen into concept art because it, it it is a good fit for for someone that likes to explore. Yeah. Um, it has taken me quite a few years to to not only have the confidence to trust myself a little bit further as far as client work and this method, but it, it, it has taken me um, some time to to modify it and make sure it meets the client's needs. Sure, that's what that's the next thing I was going to ask you is like, so you so for example, like you're going to work on like Halo, which is like a multi million dollar franchise, mm-hmm. and they're like. Yeah, we need like uh, you know fucking aliens and guns and <laughs> ships and lens flares and and for me a guy like me with my imagination and weird the, I see like a lot of details and stuff, but for you what the thing I really love is and I think that's I'm maybe I'm sharing it with my love for your work is, is a lot of people that admire your stuff is that it's like you don't it doesn't seem like you get tied down by like the minutia of detail you're setting the mood and the tone. And so mm-hmm. I imagine you're a bit of like, not a wild card, but like, you're not the guy that's going to be like, I'm going to design the ship, you know, like you're like more yeah. like, you're more like when you're in this level, this is how you're going to, this is how it's going to feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a pre-production artist. Yeah. Um, so, so my role on a lot of projects is sometimes limited. I can shift roles into production. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do actually really enjoy props. Um, so I, I guess you could say I really enjoy like sort of the high level um, look and feel, and then I, I, I really do enjoy sort of the, the low-level um, like motif exploration on, on a simple prop or a doorway. Hmm. Um, like, uh, I, I mean, I guess that's just the best way to sum it up is I'm a, I'm a pre-production artist uh, probably through and through. Um, the, the method itself, though, however, like um, I, I, I definitely approach things from sort of a, a shape language standpoint, like um, with a new client and you know if, if if they're looking for like a specific type of culture um they can give me the the feelings that they're after um they can tell me like what what they want the viewer to feel like if it's you know an enemy culture or a friendly culture um and i'll and i'll, I'll start with something as simple as a door and i'll, I'll start building these pieces and these motifs and the shape language um and and eventually you've got a, a whole alphabet that you can start stringing in the sentences and paragraphs and it's, it's a very modular format, 
a modular mode of working that um, I, I actually find translates incredibly well to video games because it um, in in three D if you can work modularly you can you can um, you can produce faster. Uh, I think you can make some really interesting results that people haven't seen before. Um, and it's you know you're going to be reusing assets and textures all the time. Yeah. Uh, in, in video games, so I've 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 actually found it's it's a great pre-production method. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, I guess, uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting to hear that, and it's also like it's cool to see that like um, a company as big as like Microsoft and stuff will will definitely seek out and and, and understand the value of, of a visionary creator like yourself to help them find um, that mood and feeling because that's so important, you know, like. Uh, a good example is a person, I guess it's a little bit different from you, obviously, but like without Ralph McQuarrie, Star Wars would have, probably wouldn't have worked, you know? Oh, sure. sure. It's it, his imagination and his ability to create the mood, but more or less like he, he was like the best of every world, you know, like all worlds. Yeah. He's a complete world builder. They're definitely really, he, he brought class to it for sure. Yeah. His imagination and his understanding of like practical you know, structural devices and stuff, but then also with a fanciful, fanciful, fanciful twist and stuff, which is really great. Really admire a lot of that stuff. I have this really amazing book my friend Jason got me. Um, it's called Star Wars: The Blueprints. It's okay. a huge book. Um, I don't even know. It's like 500 pages or something with like all the art wow. from like the film or something. It's like so heavy to go through it's like the most amazing like star wars collection i was i was just like cursing that i didn't have this book growing up as a kid because yeah. those are like my favorite books did you it was was there like a seminal book that changed you or or something that helped you realize you know uh, this is what i want to do you know i mean but, that's it's such a it's such a tough question um because there's there's so many different influences there's there's definitely games um you know, I, I, I think I think Final Fantasy VII, um, any any Zelda game from my youth, um, definitely like. I, I mean, I'm 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 an environment guy, and it's it's the environments in these games like uh, that, that really wanted me to make games. And I'm thinking of like uh, even even like Super Mario sixty four, um, one of the first times I ever played a three D game, um, just definitely blew my mind. Stylistically, if I if you know you twisted my arm and I needed to to give you sort of a, an aesthetic influence it would it would absolutely be you know Miyazaki um, mm. hands down yeah uh, yeah his films have a real feel they're they're um I recently watched um uh something in the wind the valley of the wind Nazica yeah. yeah 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 he's got a definite tone and a and a feel I mean it's such it's such a strong world and I I feel like he really does respect the viewer um, in, in leaving a lot of that mystery there that, that just allows you to, you know, sort of enjoy it as a playground. Like, you know, you could create so many stories for yourself in there that uh, he's, he's provided the possibilities for that. And that's, that's what I like to do with my art. And that's what I want to do with games is, is not necessarily like a linear narrative. Sure. There's no, there's no need for it, I think, too. And that's another thing that can be very annoying is like everybody wants to explain or understand it. I think um, I'm also learning how to write, and that's another. That's been another thing that um, there's an urge to want to understand and explain it, and for I guess that's something that 
there's a maturity I think within a storyteller. It's like I don't need to tell everybody it, but it's nice for me mm-hmm. to know it so I understand my wor- my world's rules basically. Yeah, so, write it write it down and store it in. Don't share know, it. A, yeah. a vault and never share it. And if you die, make sure it gets burned. Yeah, exactly. So that people can use their imagination to yeah. reflect and no, stuff rather. No midichlorians from you or I. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What a what a what a. Uh, interesting what an interesting thing to learn from you know <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's actually a great example yeah uh, well you know i think it's it's an ins- instant uh, instantly uh, we know it for sure so <laughs> what you're talking and it about. has it has value for that so ironically you know we could put that up in a museum and um, you know, sit on the bench and analyze what it taught us as, <laughs> as, as artists you, what do you think of him selling his whole franchise to disney recently I think it's a great thing to let it go. Um, I'm always a little fearful when when things start to conglomerate together. Yeah, uh, it's really weird, it's, right? How Disney like owns everything now. It's in a sense they own like all these things. It's really odd. I get I get a little fearful um, because because a, a a larger conglomerate needs a lot more fuel to run, um, and that means there's a lot more pressure on just about every product. And with with that pressure, I think. You lose the opportunity to to really explore. Um, I do I do think you know because it is such a uh, a legendary um, part of of entertainment history that uh, you know they're obviously going to pump as much money as possible into it. But um, yeah, you know, and I, I know there's lots of great names attached to it, and I'm you know I'm I'm definitely eager to see where they take it myself, and I'm um, I'm sure it'll be fun, but I, I, you know, I, I wonder, I wonder what it would be like without those pressures. You know, I, even even unlimited funds is a pressure in and of itself. Oh and, yeah, it's really weird. I, I can't imagine the pressures of it. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like I feel like that's actually what makes good art is 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 some limitations. If sky's the limit, I find it it's either paralyzing or um, maybe you show off a little too much when. Um, sometimes it's it's the more elegant solutions. It's it's what you do. Uh, I, I think I think the old the old quote is um, anybody can win with a full house. It's what you do with a pair of jacks that's the most interesting. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. I mean, I think I think being resourceful is is what helps us stay creative. Um, uh, a great example of that is actually um, it's a, it's an older game. Um, out of this world, or sometimes in, in other regions, it's called another world. But that was that was created by uh, just one individual. Mm. And every time every time he found a roadblock, he he didn't have to I know, call a committee or a meeting um, of all the executives and creatives and say like, <laughs> "Hey, there's this roadblock. We need to fix it." And then you know they spent uh, an entire day in a meeting trying to fix it. No, when he found a roadblock, he's like, "Well, I don't know how to do that, so I'm just going to go around it." And yeah. some of the greatest things in the game are actually his workarounds for that. Like, um, it's creative problem solving himself. Yeah. Yeah. Plus I think he was, he was 17 when he created that. What's, what is his name? No clue. We'll have to Google it. Yeah. Your computer. Yeah. Let's, let's Google this. Cause I, I think, I think it's a great case study. Yeah. I'd love to know more about this guy. And I, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think what can really limit, limit the progression of an idea is 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 throwing more people at it with emails and like you know then you have design by committee and then the voice gets diminished and then you have like this weird convoluted experience at the end of it where you like i almost like when i watch a film nowadays that isn't successful i go i know right when that executive spoke and changed that 
I know oh, it. Shit. I can feel shit, it shit. because this is, doesn't this doesn't feel like the same voice from the other person. And then mm-hmm. sometimes even, you make it, go ahead. Even worse than that is is sometimes there's a vacuum that gets created and nobody knows who's actually in charge of of any individual thing. And then um, I mean that that flounders out. Like I'm I'm okay if it's authorship and you know maybe there's a marketer or an executive that says like we need to do this because it's it's more you know profitable or yeah, we need to make our money like back. It. It's like at least I can understand that, but uh, sure sort of a, a power vacuum is, is, um, it's just a shame. Uh, the guy's name is Eric Chahi. Eric Chahi. Um, yeah. And you know, I think he, he actually took kind of a hiatus from making games for a very long time. And, uh, recently he made, um, from dust, uh, Ubisoft game, little like market, uh, Xbox marketplace. I think it was, it was pretty fun. There was something, something to learn from it for sure. Huh? Have you watched that, um, short film? It's on Netflix now called uh, indie game. I think it's indie game. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I saw that in a little indie theater. Yeah. Uh, fittingly enough, here in Seattle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really like that. That was fun. I mean, like, it's interesting to hear your perspective because obviously, video games are a big part of who you are, and and I think they are. And for me as well, it's just like I think that there was a moment in my life where I disconnected from them because they don't, they weren't doing what I was, what I wanted them to do, basically. Um, which is yeah. I mean, I think world. we went through. I think we went through a good 10 years without authorship. You know, everybody was struggling to understand the technology. And I think, I think we're in a great era for video games now that it's unity. I mean, look at unity. I mean, shit, dude, the, the ability (laughs) of having that kind of engine at most people's fingertips without having to understand crazy amounts of coding and programming. It's like, dude, world building is going to be that much faster for people to yeah. create simulations and, and, and experiences and for mm-hmm. others to experience as well. It's and that's, that's definitely a product of that, that, you know, that last 10 years of blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. But we're finally to the point where, where we can have authorship. It can be one guy making a game. It can be three guys that gel well together. Yeah. Uh, have, I've kind of a rule of seven, like with, with seven people, you can still work as a unit, but once like, um, you know, if you've ever done studio work and you guys all go out to lunch, like uh, I, I have a rule of seven for lunches as well. Like if it's if it's over seven people, I'm just not going to go because you you never end up actually having a conversation with anybody. You're you're kind of bouncing around to um, everybody who's there. And, Do you have to have seven people, or no, it can be no, less actually, than seven? I feel like I feel like obviously like the less people that are there, um, the more in depth of a conversation. And um, sure, even even work meetings, I find like the uh, the fewer people there, the more truth is spoken. Um, that like once once more people get there, they they either feel a little too shy to to speak out, or they're like, well, I don't want to I don't want to waste everyone's time for that. So that's the internet uh, <laughs> forums. <laughs> you have the you millions of people um, in the same space, basically. Yeah, there's a there's actually a psychological study about um, teamwork and effort and stuff that I've actually experienced firsthand, um, where there's um you get the best experience for problem solving in a group of usually four four people Mm. you have the leader the follower the contract the the person that contradicts everything and Mm -hmm. then the limbo and that one flips and changes based off of like where the current's basically going but oh that's beautiful i i understand it completely and it's it's i think i think a lot of people would think that the uh the the contrarian is is like a waste of space but he he performs a very important role um yeah. almost necessary well, like i think it's like hey is this is this strong enough you know, yeah it is uh, well let me I think shake you could it almost like assign those roles and still have a great output 
you know? Sure. You know, um, you know, I think that's interesting about the way that we communicate is because our language, I mean, is, is so, it's not like the funny thing is you just said a saying like a couple minutes ago about something that articulates something that our language can't really do. That's what mm-hmm. makes saying so funny for me. But, um, yeah, yeah. The the thing that we're talking about here is is um, oh shit, I lost my train of thought. Where were we talking about the freaking? Uh, my head just went into a spiral. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, we were talking about the uh, study with four people. The- yes, the dynamics of how people learn, learn and grow and work and develop, and um, there's definitely there's a science to it, um, and definitely having somebody that's at different roles. And the cool thing is if it can change, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. it's interesting to learn that the psychology of it because that's what I was saying. The our language is so um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not relative. It's, it's not articulate enough, basically. Um, so therefore, we need other dynamic. Like that's what makes. I mean, if if we're all humans, like to have company. Most for the most part, we like to stick together. That's what makes society, and that's how sure. we've figured out how to make skyscrapers and fly to the moon and all that stuff mm-hmm. um without it um there's no relevance basically uh to to a lot of things but that's what makes it interesting with how people pl- pl- uh, do problem solving um in groups and that's interesting that you think the rule of seven where i found that the rule of four is actually the most accurate to, to, to really snipering a problem yeah i think seven seven's actually just my border i might sure. i might okay that yeah, seven is plenty. After, yeah. after seven, it, it it's a mess. Yeah, it is. Whether it's, it's yeah. conversation or work or otherwise, like I, I there, after seven, I feel like you have to put in um, sort of uh, guidelines or, or code it in a way that um, you know, like you almost have to have a manager at that point. But with with at at the maximum seven, you can at least know everybody's name and and kind of their personality and what they're thinking about, and you can you can work as a group. I feel. Yeah, um, and it's 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 an arbitrary number for sure. Sure. Well, I guess it depends. You know, if you have multiple followers, that's what really trips me out about history too. I mean, if you get like uh, situations like Nazi Germany and stuff, and how to how like Hitler used uh, just a pr- this is a prime example. I always it's kind of maybe I guess it's kind of fucked up, but I <laughs> I, I relate it to like um, people will talk about like the lack of power with branding or something or or, or design. I go like, oh, well, sure. you know, like look at Hitler, you know, like it's, sure. it's a the horrible Nazis example. Sure, the Nazis spent a lot of time on branding, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and the, the the propaganda, I mean, you know, you, you're conveying mm-hmm. a you're conveying a strong emotion through visuals. It's fucked up for how they used it, but at the same time, there's a power there. There's a psychological power and power of images, you know, and the power of, power of moving images is uh, it's not one to like sure. scoff at, you know. No, not not at all. I mean, we were we were talking about the language and how um, obviously verbal communication is is limited. Just just like each medium has its special specialty, um, and I think some of the movies we've we've mentioned thus far, um, I haven't seen her yet, but it sounds like it's it's a way of expressing of communicating an idea. I think Blade Runner is one of the most elegant examples of that as well. Yeah, and that was a, that was another flop too. It was an instant um, failure to the box office and just to the general public who were who mm-hmm. were expecting like a like a Michael Bay Transformers, you know, punch them, beat them up kind of movie. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm very fond of, of using food metaphor here to, to relate to our own industry and craft is um, like if, if, 
if you have a movie that's nothing but empty calories, um, and I, I feel bad to, to use Michael Bay as an example here, but I do feel like those films are generally empty calories, like it's bubble gum, and it, it, it might really taste good, it might give you a sugar high, um, but at the end of the day, if that's all you consumed, you would uh, die of mal- malnutrition. Yeah. But the opposite is true. If, if, if all you have is a film that is um, nutrients, you know, it's, it's just the vitamins and there's no, there's no butter, there's no fat, there's no oil, there's no sugar. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard to eat. It's hard to digest. You don't even want to touch it. And I think, I think Netflix, before it was um, all streaming, was a great example because I would always have a documentary and I would always have something a little more um, brainless and just entertaining. And the brainless and entertaining movies always got watched and sent back almost immediately, whereas the documentary waited for the right moment. Like when, when I had the energy or, or the tolerance to, to um, uh, I, I suppose, consume it. Yeah. consume it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting that you set yourself up for those consumption moments. You know, like I, I find like because I have a family and, and I have all these things I run a my own business basically same mm-hmm. as probably i mean we both do freelance in it and we i want to talk about that a little bit more too we'll probably segue after this but um mm-hmm. time you know time is 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 like i never get it enough of it basically that i'd like to have yeah. um, because i'm i'm just so curious i want i like i have stacks and stacks of books but setting yourself up for those times to experience those things like i admire that and it's probably you really you consume it in a different light whereas like i'll be like okay it's three o'clock now in the morning. I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to like, I'm like right now I'm watching and studying Raging Bull, which is uh, Scorsese is one of Scorsese's earlier films. Uh, De Niro, it's black and white. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. A long time ago though. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm halfway through it now, but, um, but it's like, I don't, it's, it's sometimes, I mean, do you ever do that too? Where you, you just experience that thing halfway through and come back to it at a, another time or, or you try to finish it all the way through. Um, I'm sure if it's in completely engaging, it just will lock you in completely. And you know, it's I definitely, I definitely like to finish what I've started. Sure. Uh, books, books. Sometimes that's a little hard for me if it's something I'm really not into. I have, I have put a few down. <laughs> uh, sometimes though, I mean, it's it's great to to reexamine things like. Um, uh, Richard Schmidt's All the Prima is a great example of like first time I read it, I probably understood maybe you know. 25% of it. Second time I read it, you know, that, that goes up a few notches. I'd like to say I understand more than half of it now, but I, I, I doubt it. Which, uh, which, what's this book called and what's it about? Oh, okay. So Richard Schmidt is, uh, is a contemporary painter. He's, um, he's a fine artist uh, and a realist, I suppose, though. Um, his work certainly has more of an impression than it does of, of than it does like photorealism. But uh, out of all the art books, uh, as far as like instructional art books go, um, this is the only one I really recommend, and I, I sort of jokingly call it the painter's Bible. It's uh, called Alla Prima. He's on his second edition that just came out, and uh, the, the only place to do it is uh, on his website. Um, it's on his website? Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, I'm on Amazon. It's like $200, $300. Yeah, so he, he has his own publisher, um, and oh, it's, cool. it's a lot cheaper from his website. And anytime you're going to see it on Amazon or anywhere else, it's somebody reselling it and sort of um, capitalizing on the fact that it is hard to find, even though it's not out of print or anything like that. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they do that a lot with like um, Mondo, um, the movie poster thing. Like people yeah. will buy them just to sell them and make mm-hmm. like, you know, 
50 to 100 bucks or something like that. It's like, you dirty <laughs> bastards. <Yeah. laughs> but, you know, people are just trying to capitalize on, you know, they'll, they'll find a hole anywhere and, and make it, uh, you know, to, towards their own, sure. their own things. I've, I have this one book. Um, I haven't gone through it, but you you might have been familiar with it, which was, um, it was, somebody referred me to it on the podcast. It was um, My Adventures as an Illustrator, Norman Rockwell's book. I haven't. Sounds sounds excellent. Yeah, it's uh, I I I haven't opened it up more than a couple pages and got into it because I was like, oh shit, I have three other books I need to take care of. But um, it sounds really awesome because you know, obviously, we all are familiar with his work, but mm-hmm. um, his his whole journey basically and stuff. So I really wish it was an audiobook form because I just love to like listen to it while I work. But I'll read it to you. Send it to me. <laughs> yeah, can you do that? And you just record it and then send me weekly editions? No, I'll, has, I'll pay has for that service. Live. Oh, has live? All right, well, how about I just fly up there? I'll sit on your lap. We'll do like that. Yeah, that'll work. Do you like, do you like tea or hot cocoa? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, All right, we'll, water. we'll do this offline, I guess. Yeah, listen, I feel like I'm, I'm getting sweaty palms. This is okay. Stop. <laughs> I'm in like serious brain mode. You're throwing me for a run. I use some, use some, it depends on what brain part of my brain I'm using right now. It's like in contemplative thought brain mode. So I'm like, Oh, what jokes? <laughs> <laughs> so with like, I guess we'll segue into, we definitely, I really want to talk about your teaching, your teaching mm-hmm. ability, where that came from. And also how old are you? <laughs> You're like, I'm um, five years old. I'm like, ah, yeah, I am. I am five lunar cycles. No, um, I'm 29. I'm going to be 30 this year. I'm actually really kind of excited about that. Welcome to the club. I guess it's out of the norm, but yeah, uh, well, I'm 31, so we're pretty close then. So we come from a similar generation of in, of culture and stuff. Did, you grew up in the states, I take it. Yeah, I I, um, I grew up in Utah and Pennsylvania. Okay. So uh, the desert and quite quite lush in Pennsylvania. So it's a bit of a contrast for sure. Yeah, it's beautiful out in Pennsylvania area. Um, oh yeah, I really love awesome. it. Yeah, Utah you, Utah can be really beautiful too. Sure, I mean there's. That's one thing that's really amazing to, about living in America. There is some incredible things to be to be viewed here. You know, my friend Adam, who helped me build my website, he's from the UK, and which is mm-hmm. usually mostly rainy uh, for a long part of the time. It's yeah. very moody and, and green and, and lush and stuff. But um, he's out traveling like the states for six weeks. He's out here like just a road trip to go into like the grand Canyon and all these things. He's just, like blown away by it. And it just reminds me of like, dude, this is like right here. I really need to get in the car and go experience this stuff more often, Absolutely. which I admire That's you taking a year so off. It's very Segmeister. Have you ever heard of him? No, I'm not sure. I have. He has a whole thing about like every seven years it's or five years, whatever it's important to take a year off so you can recharge and okay. rebuild. Is he a designer? He is. He's one of like, the, like a world renowned designer, but I think it, I am familiar then yeah sounds familiar yeah it's all about his mentality of understanding um the dynamics of being a human i think which makes him himself so it's not necessarily like look at me i design like ibm's logo it's more like i'm gonna be myself and show you like why and i mean it doesn't have to be a year i mean like no it has to don't tell me oh (laughs) well i think i think you can you can like like you're taking that time off it's more like what you're saying is you're taking it away from like having to do work for 
money basically right so sure i mean you don't have to retreat from the entire war you can retreat from a battle or a skirmish and i think i think even taking a week away from you know your 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 stylus and your computer is actually one of the best things you could ever do for your art absolutely you know, if, if you come back you've actually sort of flushed out like some of the some of the you know the the toxins and the poisons that you know maybe we're really helping you get things um you know progressing um, that's so. that's you're hitting like it perfectly on where i'm at with a lot of this stuff where i think it's i find it to be really rewarding that you're explaining the power of that because i'm always about like just get it done get in there and do it you know like just do it you know like just mm -hmm. do the work which i totally agree but recently i just got done with a huge thing and, and i'm jumping into like my book lost boy and i'm really just taking a lot of time to rebuild all my love for the things that really started it all which is basically going through like all the comic books and the movies and that experience mm -hmm. and, and and i was like i'm gonna take a couple weeks and it might turn into like a couple months and that's okay and i've been really like i've been studying like right now i'm studying mike mignola a lot mm -hmm. um because i really appreciate his 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 whole journey basically um where he just kind of started off wanting to do inking for comics and um kind of didn't know or didn't think he was good enough to do comics so he kind of just stayed under the radar <laughs> and then he got the chance to do some comics and it you know 10 years later he decided to take a little bit of time for himself to create a character called hellboy and then you know 20 years after that he's got where he's at now um where you know hellboy's his honest intention has changed his style has changed um i don't know if you're a fan of his work but uh, who isn't yeah, that's he's an artist. Artist, though I think bring, the, bring them to me. This person that doesn't like Miguel. <laughs> the reason uh, I think that people really love him, and I've been really trying to study it psychologically, um, is love love his work. I mean, is that there's a maturity with his work that comes through age. Like he, um, he's a big yeah. fan of Frazetta, who like you know bring me somebody that doesn't like Frazetta's work too. It's like it's and he wanted to be like Frazetta, but he realized he he couldn't. A lot of us are in the same boat you know not everybody is yeah. like a fucking savant like frazetta um mm -hmm. as much as we'd want to try so instead of like killing himself over it and trying to mimic him and frazetta has a great line that i always remember whenever i try to like emulate his stuff it's like why be a second rate frazetta when you can be a first rate you and mm -hmm. it's about being yourself but the thing i've really learned and, and and i've really started doing some deep thinking about it is like trying to learn from mignola's uh, experience is that um he's just finding himself and realizing that um, he doesn't have to necessarily like draw everything in that world, and and he's like he's like I'm terrified of having to draw like crowds and cities and this and that, so I just don't draw them. I'm like, yeah, well that's fucking cool. Every time I would think about it, I'd go, damn, I gotta draw a city and a window and the pot on the window, and it's gotta have <laughs> this perfect perspective and blah blah. And it's like, I think I get the same feeling from you, where there's like a confidence. It's like you walk in the room and you go, this is me. This is how I do it. Either you like it or you don't, but I don't really care because I'm just doing it, you know? And yeah, and you know, honest honestly, that doesn't make you that commercially viable if you're not if you're not flexible there. But sure, sure. It is it is important to me to to be genuine. Sure. And I think I think what you're responding to in his work is that it's it's his signature, it's it's his nature that you're you're seeing in, in the work. And to me, if you if you can be genuine, um, you will create something that is that is timeless. Yeah. Uh, 
if, if you're if you're emulating or synthesizing something or, or based off a formula that you don't truly understand um, it you know it can be a commercial success in your lifetime but I, I, I doubt that sometimes that that will last you know a hundred years yeah no it's you're absolutely right because it's like you're being a mirror of a mirror you know like so you're not necessarily being yourself so it's more like a less uh, being a contributor or not contributing kind of it's on that term you know. And that's uh, just been, see, these are all the thoughts that are going through my head because I'm trying to really deeply think about how do you create a masterpiece, you know? Do you know it's a masterpiece or are you just kind of told that it is or do you understand what that even means? And like, is there such a thing as a masterpiece or, you know, like how is it that these guys, like, like Sin City, for example, is another thing I've been studying because uh, that's like the pinnacle of Frank's career for me visually, um, Mm -hmm. uh, he just really nailed it with some of these pages in this book are just like, you could just take them and print them and put them up on your wall. Like there's so, there's yeah. so much design, there's so much, um, love and there's so much understanding of comic books. There's a love for comic books, the form of comic books in them. And it's just so wonderful, um, to see that you can really feel it basically in those work. And, and I've just been really studying his, his as well. And I just, I find it really fascinating really. And it comes with confidence really does, you know, it's like, I'm not going to be like this. Like I was interesting. I, I found another book that Jim Lee, the artist Jim Lee had did like, like kind of like a rip off of uh, Frank's stuff with like this comic book called death blow. I think it's called or something like that. Okay. And it was interesting to me because I was like, wow, like this guy, Jim Lee, he's an interesting artist. You just like, but he's like, he, he's showing the world that he can mimic this guy. But then at this, like at this level of me consuming it, I bought the book and I'm just like analyzing it as to like, why did these guys make the decisions they made? Like, who knows, you know, and I'm not judging them. I'm just like curious, you know, but I just thought it was really interesting, you know, and, and, and then I wonder what Frank Miller must've thought after he like poured himself and all it worked all of this his whole life to get made this book called sin city and then people are like kind of ripping off on it on a big level like on a higher level of that and sure, sure. it's just interesting to me you know and like like i said i'm not trying to say it's it's wrong or anything or maybe it is i'm just i'm just acknowledging it for the observational sake you know well i think i think mimicry is is uh a vital an irreplaceable step in learning. Uh, sure, that's that's not just as an artist. That's as a as a as an animal. Yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not just us as animals that learn that way either. But um, mimicry is is vital, absolutely. And you know, the old quote, "Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery." flattery yeah, absolutely applies there. Yeah, that's what I look at it as too. And I was, I think to myself, like, is 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 uh, Miller like the original creator? Is he um, just flattered by the idea that this guy is doing that, and and you know what's where does that leave that? And this, I just find it really interesting, to be completely honest. I just this all this stuff is just completely interesting to me. Uh, there's a psychology behind all of it, you know. Um, there's a psychology su to success, I feel as well, and and so that's one thing I've been trying to study. Do you are you into books like that as well, like just books on how, I guess, to obtain pure potential within yourself. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, for audiobooks while I'm working, it, it, it's strictly nonfiction. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I feel like that's the cycles in my brain that I don't need sometimes while painting that, yeah. um, if I don't distract them, uh, they'll get in the way, but put on, put on nonfiction audiobook that, that part of me is, is fully entertained. So I've, I've, I've definitely gone through uh, a few. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I, that's one thing that I consume a lot and I talk about quite a bit on the podcast. There's, there's a, I think a decent amount of the audience are people, I mean, we're all, I, I always say like we're, we're all on, the, on a similar level. Um, and if you're not, you're, you're not necessarily learning, um, where basically where you have to be, stay humble and thankful, but we're all at different times, basically, like you've put X amount of time into what you're doing so that therefore the exchange of energies brought forth like your ability to paint and vice versa for design for myself or whatever, what have you, you know, the understanding yeah. of things. I mean, if um, you're, if you're not humble, you lose the ability to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a really important thing, right? That's a, I mean, a lot of people I think have, um, challenge with that. What do you think that is? Is it like the, the desire just to know and itemize something as without having to put more effort into, well, I don't know I mean, that. Most, most artists I know either suffer from, too little self-esteem or too much self-esteem. Both, I feel, are kind of danger zones. Um, honestly, like my my advice, I usually give to artists that I see with too little self-esteem. It's it's a it's a prescription to um, delude themselves positively just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, like uh, we we we. we Artists especially, I think we, we beat ourselves up and we let ourselves get taken advantage of and, and we don't have the confidence because being, being a creative opens you up to unlimited possibilities, but that includes unlimited doubt. And yeah, I, I absolutely. do think you need to manage that actively and deliberately. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if, if you need to look in the mirror and say, hey man, you're awesome every now and then, just do it. That's fine. Um, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's, okay, everybody's going to laugh at you, but... I really do feel most artists would benefit from um, maybe a little more self-compassion. Do you feel it's important as a successful person in life to be comfortable in your own skin? Is that part of the success of it? Well, I mean, progress comes from conflict and struggle. Mm -hmm. you know, a, a world without that, I think, um, would be fun for a while, but I think after that we we we'd create our own conflict and struggle in order to learn something new. Is that because the constructs of what we understand as as beings, like because it's innate and programmed in us that str struggle and conflict is just how it works? Well, I think that's life itself. You know, yeah. cell division and all those. You know, from from the tiniest level on up, I think that's life itself. You know, um, yeah, that evolution. Yeah, time, that's, that's, time is designed us, us, us yeah. this way, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's an evolution on a personal level, on a family level, on a, on a civilization level, on a genetic level, on a life itself level is, is generally on, a, on an upwards progression that, um, you know, like it's, uh, it's boring when we stagnate, it's boring when we plateau, it's, it's, it's more painful than loss in so many ways, um, the, the limbo. Hmm. Um, yeah, let's loss, loss usually can tell us something about how we can how we can improve, how we can, you know, it, it either tells us you know we really appreciated something or um, we need to make changes in our life. Whereas you know, just sort of a indifference is, I find, the most painful. Yeah, that's a really great point, and I think that's a good way of looking at it too. I've I've experienced quite a few close friends and family members that have passed away and are no longer with me in this life lifetime and through that i felt like i mean at first there's obvious pain right it's, it's pain yeah. and sorrow because that's part of the natural occurrence and then you but for me after that i was like all right well it's time to like really step it up 
for myself as an experience to, to, I almost felt like I want to live for them, the life that they didn't have, like, you know, like almost taking on that. That's my own personal, um, well, I think, I think that's baggage, beautiful. I guess, but I don't know. Well, I, I'm sorry for your loss, but I think you've done it right. You know, try to, I guess that's the way, that's the way to respect those people. Is I think to, so. You know, live for them is a great way to put it. I feel. Yeah, like the life that they were robbed of. You just because I mean, like one of my best friends, I lost him when he when I he was twenty one. I think it was his age, Man. and now he got hit by a car, and I Oof. and I was like I don't know twenty three or something, a couple of years old uh, older. But it just taught me instantly. I was like, dude, we're fragile. Uh, we can go at any time. Yeah, and uh, you're just lucky for the time. It's you're living on borrowed time, basically. You know. And, yeah. Uh, like my my grandfather would always say, it's like, uh, you know, I'd always ask him, like, how are you doing? You know, and he's like, better than I deserve. It's like, it's an interesting <laughs> way of putting it, you know, like, uh, uh, I just, I don't know, the perceptions of these things, I just think, I, I find them to be really um, interesting, you know, and, and I, th- I, li- I like your understanding of, of um, I guess that's kind of like an Eastern philosophy or an Eastern look at things or... Um, Probably. I mean, I think my past year has been about mindfulness, about um, being present. And I, I really do feel that, um, uh, you know, a, a obsession over the past is, is sort of a, a, a fear and obsession over the future is, 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 is anxiety. And I really do feel like... Uh, yeah, it's very, that's a Chinese proverb, actually. It's like, it's kind of okay. like, yeah, the past is stress or the past is fear and the future is stress. And then the nowness is at peace, you know. And I and I feel like that's what I try and do with each painting, and I and I will actively remind myself, "Hey Tom, when you paint, paint." And if if I worry about, "Oh, is the client gonna like this?" or "Oh, is this gonna be a good painting?" or "Oh, am I gonna put this on my blog?" like it's it's that figure drawing analogy. The moment I have any outside influence, those expectations, like it's it's no longer enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a really interesting thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to embark on the journey of creating a book mm-hmm. and dude, I think I've already like killed myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll get it back. I mean, those, those, those feelings and those emotions are telling you to like relax and yeah. Samsara, I, I, I really do feel is a great example of um, it's, it's, it's a process I relate to and I recommend everybody watch it. It is it is really intense in moments and can be a bit disturbing. But watch it and then and then hopefully you're lucky enough to have sort of the the, uh, the extras in there because they'll they'll tell you that um, they they had a sort of a, a concept in mind and I, I think it was on one page. But then they spent the next five years filming what they thought represented that and just sort of bouncing around to different areas and taking advantage of you know when they're in a certain location. Um, if they saw something that they felt just sort of represented that feeling, they would capture it. And to me, that's the explorative process. That's what I like to do in, in my images. But once you've gone out and you've done that five years of filming, um, it, it becomes an editing process. And, sure. and the film that they made is, is, was done in the editing room. And yeah. I feel like that's, that's how my work is, uh, my process as well, is I'll, I'll just put something down you know, I'll have maybe a, a feeling from it that I, I might even just get from that particular painting. And uh, if I can follow that, uh, I know it's going to take me somewhere interesting. And at a certain point, I'll switch into editing where um, I'll remove what's not working or what's not necessary and try and distill it down to what I had just found. And that's why it feels like research and science to me, because it, it is me trying to explain 
what makes me tick. And it's, uh, it is, it is self-discovery and, um, that sounds very cheesy, but I don't think uh, so. It's uh, one thing I really find to be odd in, in our society. Maybe it's just our society, but people like look down upon like being healthy. Like I was having a good conversation about that the other day and what you're talking about is mental health. Oh and that, yeah. And that's fucking amazing. Uh, I think that's a very important thing that people scoff at, which I find really interesting. And uh, I like the other day we we're talking about like, um, like I like to do like kale shakes and stuff and be okay. healthy and just like, mm-hmm. you know, cause mm-hmm. you can see, I, I sit on my ass all day, dude, you know, like, and, oh, and yeah. I try to figure, I need to figure out a way to, to add a lot more, um, physical stuff to my life. I mean, I, I do f- do physical things and when I do, I go cre- pretty hard on myself, but like, um, people are like, Oh, you're, it's like hippie or something. It's like, dude, why, why, what is that? Why are you weird about that? You know, people are so proud of, you know, working off of only four hours of sleep or (laughs) pulling all nighters. But, um, actually like health, health is, is definitely a concern of mine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about mental and social health just because it's fun. It's, it's because I've struggled with it as, as, as a human being. And as an artist, I, I think we can all relate to that. Um, but some of the things that have that have really helped me lately is, um, you know, I have a I have a program on my computer that um, makes me take breaks every 30, 30 minutes. I have I have thirty seconds that um, I'll go and do thirty push ups or thirty sit ups, and that alone, you know, like at the end of the day, you know, I've probably done three hundred of, of of each of those, and I'll rotate, and that alone has has given me so much energy um, that That's you know awesome. just sitting. You know your metabolism just zeroes out, and you're 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 just a, a pile of, of meat. You know, yeah. so, um, <laughs> which is like me, and then that you get back problems and stuff. What's this program? Because a lot of people have referred a lot of things to me, and mm-hmm. this sounds really interesting. The problem I have is like, and maybe you experience it is like I'll start something, and I and I and I'm fucking kicking butt at it, and everything is working yeah. good, and like two weeks go by, and then like because of the freelance lifestyle, it's like not a nine to five thing, so it's mm-hmm. like oh i have to go fly and travel to this place and go do meetings and blah blah and then it's like oh my 30 minute thing is like gone i don't have the app or or like this client has a meeting request at this time and and now i miss that one thing oh i'll just i'll miss the next one i have to send this email and and before i know it it's like i'm fucked i think for a flexible schedule you obviously have to have uh you know uh, flexible options and it's you know of, of, of course you know i'm not every 30 minutes in my life, you know, I'm at the grocery store and, you know, a, a timer goes off and it's like, oh shit, I got to do push-ups in, <laughs> in aisle four next to the kitty litter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, you know, that's, that's what I do when I'm, you know, I have a full day of working. That's what makes sure that I'm not like sitting and, you know, destroying my body in that way. Sure. Uh, but, you know, the days, Smart. the days that I'm just out and about, you know, like I, I, I'll try and make sure that I'm, I'm walking rather than driving or, you know, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, like, yeah, it's cool to do that at a coffee shop, but hell, man, like, let's get up and walk around the block, learn a little bit about the neighborhood or, you know, just, just sort of get that stimulus in there. And it's, it's always conducive for, for, you know, uh, conversation or even for own, your own problems, taking a walk and involving your body with your mind, because they're, they're really not that separate. They're, they're the same thing. And if you take care of one, you'll take care of the other healthy, healthy body, healthy mind for sure. <laughs> it's like operation Ivy sounds song. <laughs> is it awesome yeah but uh the program the program's called work rave and i've used it for uh on and off for about a decade and you know i i, I definitely you know like i go through those phases and i and i think i think rather than like sort of regretting or forcing yourself into 
certain habits, it's like, just find a new one, find a different one that um, is as inspiring, you know, gets, gets you up and moving. And um, I mean, you, you need variety in all, you know, form and fashion in your life in order to continually progress. And, and for me, that progression is, is deeply tied to my own personal happiness and satisfaction. And without it, uh, I, I, I do get depressed. Absolutely. Yeah. You seem to have a really understand, good understanding and grasp upon like uh, the concepts of, you know, a healthy, healthy life or understanding of like your position and role in this world. Um, where, where does a lot of this kind of knowledge or self-understanding come from? Do you have, or do you have, you know, supportive parents? Did you, did they, were they into art? Would they, did you, are you just kind of like one of those people that just understands things a little bit better or gives yourself the chance to comprehend things? Um, where does a lot of this kind of stuff come from? Cause I'm trying to paint the picture here. I'm, I'm the youngest in my family and there's some really interesting things about birth order. Um, and I think you'll find that a lot of artists are also the youngest in their family. And I, and a lot of that is because they've had to be creative. They were kind of left on their own a lot more. Um, and I've, I, I really do feel like I've had to teach myself like almost everything, you know, teach myself to tie my shoes and that sort of thing, uh, teach myself art. Um, and I, and I, I guess I feel all people have the capability to just understand who they are and it is their nature. They can't escape it. And if you just, if you listen to it and, and just sort of puzzle through it and you know, you don't, you don't have to cross your legs and say ohm to do that. You can, you can just ask yourself questions and answer them honestly. Yeah. And, and, and everything just try and be genuine, you know, like you can fake it till you make it. And that's, that's really great. And that's, that's, that's a way of, of driving your personality into a direction that you'd like to see. But um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's a special ability to just, um, be introspective. Yeah. Uh, I, I do, however, think it is something that we ignore or maybe aren't even aware of. Like, um, uh, my last studio job, like I was, I was so in depth trying to make that work in the way I wanted it to work that, um, I, I didn't take the time to simply like think about my day it was always trying to solve different problems and it wasn't about like any any sort of introspection so i mean yeah take take that 10 minutes or 30 seconds to just like meditate go for that walk you know yeah yeah the, yeah it's absolutely true i find myself having a real hard time um with really finding those balances um within life and i feel like mm -hmm. i fall i fall right back into the I guess like the the child mentality, I suppose, where it's just like, um, so like, okay, like for example, like life is a plate of food, right? And then I'm a, I'm a hungry kid. So I just can consume it all quickly and then mm -hmm. I'm done. And then I have like a stomach ache and that it wasn't like a good experience, you know? And let's like, but I, I just feel like I must consume it all at once, you know? And so I think what you're saying, and it comes with maturity, I think, which is awesome. I love that you're younger than me by a year, but you got this understanding that's like, it's a bit more mature than where I'm coming from, which I find to be awesome because that's my goal is being able to figure out like how to really manifest and, and, and find um, that calmness, you know. Because it's mad. Yeah, I mean, it don't, very don't misinterpret me. I'm I'm a I'm a miserable human being, and I have I have <laughs> moments of deep dark depression. And you know, as recently you as, now, huh? as even That's... a week ago. But I mean, I think I think 
I think those are where do natural. those come from, and how do how do you because um, because and and I can I can reflect a little bit too if you're curious, and I could maybe mm-hmm. relate to these things, but that seems to be a part of the byproduct of creation as well. Um, I've noticed. Um, well, I think as a society, we could actually have a much healthier standpoint on depression. I don't, yeah, I don't think depression is the terrible thing we think it is. I think it's, it's, <laughs> it is a tool. It is a resource. I try to, to, to tell turn the you, cheek. Yeah. Hey, man. You need to make changes. You need to do this differently. Yeah, you're unhappy. There's a reason why. Figure that out. And like, you know, I, I go in and out of that cycle. Sometimes sometimes it's brief and I'm happy for that. But sometimes it, it, it can last longer on, on more difficult issues and problems. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like you do have to embrace that. It is, it is your emotions and your feelings and your intuition feeding you valuable necessary information to make your life better or make the world better or make you know your your family's life better anything like that you know sometimes it's more direct than the other side of it as well if you can really listen to it um when it's telling you um oftentimes for me it hits me when i've given too much i call it being stretched too thin Um, well i mean that's if if we take depression and put it in an economic sense that's literally what it is 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 you know, you're out of energy. You're out of that commodity. Yeah, yeah. Do you? That's. I mean, that's a good way to put it. Do you um, see a therapist, or do you seek uh, help from somebody outside that's unobject, like just kind of like a professional level? I probably should. I, it's pretty I, awesome. I, I've I been recently should, started doing I, it. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody should. Uh, I, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't start doing it earlier. Um, especially if you get somebody that you know, like. I mean, I really. I'm, I've been really lucky to have an amazing, strong, supporting family and, and friends. And, and I don't think I would be nearly where I'm at now without like the a constant encouragement and love and, and stuff from everybody around me. But there's times when I, I'm there, I'm dealing with something that's so complex um, because my brain never seems to stop that it's really nice to have somebody that's in a professional uh, level that st- deals with this as a, as a job, basically, to give you advice about the complexities of how to deal with like how to how to really develop yourself basically as a human being you know sure and i mean honest honestly i feel like that's that's something that should be in our schools you know like, <laughs> it is there i think it's just not like there's school counselors and stuff but like when i was in school i mean that's that's, that's not what i mean I, I i literally mean there should be a class on hey man social health is a thing hey yeah. you know like you know mental health is a thing like yeah. let's Let's define these terms, analyze them a little bit closer, not shy away from them and use them yeah. in order to, you know, make society a better place, make the world a better place. Yeah. But then there's that also that, that argument against that where it's like, um, it's just part of life. Life can be this suffering experience, almost like Buddha would say, which I don't agree with either. Uh, and I was, t- I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast, which I thought was pretty funny. And somebody mm-hmm. was saying like, life is suffering. He's like, fuck no. Like when you're coming, are you suffering? You know, it's like, it's like absolutely true. You know, like when you're doing a drug or something, you feel amazing. Like that's not suffering. But uh, what I'm saying is that part of, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. I think that society and people, uh, younger people and just people in general should have more, they should have better tools as to articulate how to, to be the person that they most feel they should be. They're finding their pure potential basically and enjoying that and living within that. But even people that find it, like even I'll talk to my therapist who's been doing it for decades um she battles with it every day 
you know? Of course. So, and of if course. she wasn't, you, she you wasn't. Will never, yeah. ever eliminated. It's, it, no. in my opinion, it's all there for a reason. And you have to embrace that and use it. Yeah. You know, like understand it, analyze it, and, and, and that's figure a mature out why approach. it's there. Yeah. That's a very mature approach to think about, like, how, why, you know, and why that works. And, and acknowledge that, you know, it's basically acknowledging that there's two sides. Well, there's there's two sides and then all the gray in between and, and, and how to acknowledge and, and work with these things, you know. I, yeah. I found it to be really amazing for me uh, personally. It taught me how to, she's teaching me how to basically communicate, you know. Mm-hmm. Like instead of being like, oh, I'm fucking pissed. It's just like, oh, no, like you just got to need to articulate your words better. People yeah. listen to you and it's like you don't need to be like a screaming child, you know. Mm-hmm. And anytime I, I encounter somebody that might have that, um, going on, I, I I feel bad for them because I'm like, oh, I know how that feels. Like, you think that nobody's listening? They are, but they just they they don't know how to hear you, basically. You know, so it's just like a like a baby, basically. You know, like a child's sure, born, it doesn't understand the you know phonetic alphabets and speaking and stuff. It's kind of mm-hmm. like as adults, we I guess we just assume like now I know how to talk, I can communicate. It's like sure, no, absolutely that's, not. That's why <laughs> that's why they teach babies these days sign language. Because yeah, they, they can communicate. Yes. They can tell you things. They just don't have, you know, maybe even the physical capability to to vocalize, enunciate stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's great. And I, I wanted to back up. Like, I don't, I don't even think suffering is the right word for it. Struggle is is maybe like we can say it's more positive, but I think it's more accurate. And and like the things that are worth doing are going to be a struggle. They're going to be a challenge. There's sure. a reason, you know, like well, value. You know, if it hasn't been done before, if you've never done it before, it, it is going to be hard. And that doesn't have to be a terrible, like painful thing. It can actually be um, enjoyable. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you can look at it like that, and that's one thing I always consider too, when I get into deep thought like this, is like everything is, is a perspective. Um, you know, it's your own personal perspective. It's how you you perceive it. To, yeah, it's how you look at is, it. Is your own reality for sure. Yeah, and and and, and I noticed that um, because I like to read a lot of books on or just hear things and in, in interviews from like powerful, strong minds. You know, and and a mm-hmm. lot of the times, a common thread between a lot of these people is 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 their level of understanding their own perception. Basically, like they acknowledge, understand it, and then they use it to their advantage, basically, you know? Like, they'll walk into a room, 99% of us walk into the same room and go, hey, it's a room, people. The, 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 those people will walk into the room and, and perceive a whole different experience, you know? And it's basically, like, their connection with understanding what it is that they're wanting to get out of it, I suppose, you know? Or mm-hmm. how, to, how to see that, you know? And, and, what, and, and that, that stuff is, always makes me curious because I go, like, how does it... Like, you know, what, how, like, what about like a guy like John Lasseter, you know, like, and I love, like, one of my favorite films is, and it's always, I always watch it whenever I'm, like, contemplating, like, this is really challenging. I, I watch that film because it's very close to what I do in a different way. It's it's art and creation of art and, and making a business of it and all that kind of what, stuff. What film is it? It's called um, uh, the Pixar Story. Uh, oh, okay. Pixar Story. Have you ever watched it? I have not. Uh, it's out. wonderful. It's really great. You don't have to. You can watch it while you work too. It's, it's not like I mean, it's it's good to have it on uh, if you want to really focus on it, obviously. But I'd rather you watch it sooner than later because I think you'd really enjoy it. But it's about like how John Lasseter and all those guys like created 
Pixar and mm-hmm. and and all these anomalies that led to like you know then they met they met Steve Jobs and Steve Jobs was just this very smart person that understood the potential just like Walt Disney you know like understood how to connect the money with the art basically you know like a a catalyst a facilitator basically you know so I also have this book that I um, somebody was telling me about it too that I need to get into I have it at home it's called Creativity Incorporated by Ed Catmull which is I think he's um, one of the other partners I think um, with Pixar I think it was like Steve John and, and Will or Ed sorry Ed who um, helped create Pixar and stuff so he was more on like the computer technology side which is like yeah John Lasseter who was this creative artist um, who learned under like the best talent in Disney and then you had Steve who was like this guy who was able to connect people with money and, and abilities to do things and build structures and it was also a futurist and then then you had Ed who was like this scientist programmer guy understood computers and stuff so it's just like this really amazing combination of people and then it's so cool that they created pixar and i mean who doesn't like pixar films they're some of them are some of the best animations of all time you know like they're just Mm -hmm. perfect executed you know i was studying recently um the incredibles is a fucking perfect animation film it's like so perfect it's like almost odd how great it is you know the way that everything's constructed and built and even just the framing, it's just like, dude, it's yeah, out of control. Definitely a favorite of mine for sure too. Yeah. I do, I do get a little nervous. Like I, 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 I do know there's some companies that have read some of like some of the Pixar books and, and they, they start to style themselves after Pixar. And I, I feel like that's the same as, as the Frazetta saying, you know, like why sure. be a second rate Frazetta when you can be a first rate yourself. And, uh, I, I do, I do feel like sometimes people will read these books and lose their own identity. And, um, that's, I mean, it's just an impossibility to be anyone other than yourself. And yeah, uh, that's a great I mean, way to look at it though. I mean, so you're, I mean, we don't have to name names, but there are, there are, um, that's what I loved about Shrek. I was like, cool, you guys are doing animated stuff, but it's, this is your style. This is your voice, you know, mm-hmm. like this is your guy's thing. I mean, if we're going to talk about relations of, of things, I absolutely agree. Uh, it's almost like, a I, you couldn't have said it better and that's what i've been really digging digging deep into my like own artistic integrity it's like every time i put my pen to the paper it's it's the thing that nobody else would do other than me if i move Absolutely. it through and that's space not to and say, time like, you know it's not to say like you shouldn't be searching out these these inspirations it's, no, it's to say like i think some mistake some people mistake these these books as blueprints how to sure. how to replicate these things but um, the Let's, reason I still read this stuff is is to take the bits and pieces of it that resonate with me and combine that into something new. And that that sort of human filter is something that is absolutely unique to every individual, whether whether the most talented guy you've ever met or the least talented. If you can be genuine about what you like and if you can share that with other people, you've, you've done something of, of great value in my opinion. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that's when you're, like I said, you're a contributor, you know? And mm-hmm. when you're contributing, you you do you you are doing yourself a favor and everybody else. And 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 and, and to to kind of segue into to teaching, um, because um, I'm sure you've encountered you know clones or um, through teaching itself. Um, and and I like that you are doing teaching because I think that's really interesting. Um, so when you go out and do these these lessons and stuff and you explain like, okay, well, my name's Tom and this is my art and this is how I create it and this is why and blah, blah, blah. 
what are some of the common questions that you have and, and um, what are some of the, the things that you, you just, you, you found through teaching that are things that you love about the journey and things that are kind of odd for you through the journey? Okay. Um, I, I, I do love teaching. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And I would recommend it to absolutely everyone. I, I, I feel yeah. like in order to truly understand something and progress further than it, you need to teach it to someone else. It, it doesn't have to be active like a classroom. It could be as simple as a blog post or even if you just wrote it down and never showed anybody, it's, it's still a, a form of teaching in a way. Um, it's and very it's, Japanese it's, um, too, that way of doing it, like the apprenticeship program, like kind of like one teaches the other and they replace one another until the master. So sorry, you're saying. No, I think I think that's that's a large part of it for sure. And and honest honestly, I can I can say that a lot of why I teach is is incredibly selfish. It's it's because I learn so much from having to distill my own thoughts and communicate them. Yeah. But also once that's interpreted by someone else, I gain further perspective and insight that I would probably not have without, you know, the benefit of of someone um analyzing it in, in depth that, you know, that, that, uh, that students, good students should do. Um, it is, it is fun to help other people. It is, it is nice in, in sort of that alt- altruistic way. And it's always wonderful to see someone's eyes just sort of light up and be like, Oh, <laughs> if you can, if you can even just simply relieve the pressure. Sure. Uh, that it, I, I feel like, um, I I also have uh, mentorships through a program called Motivarty that um, I was I was really kind of delighted to see this program pop up. That um, I, I would honestly say most of what I do there is is not lessons in you know perspective or color theory. It's usually just sort of like, well, it's true mentorship. It's just being like, hey man, no, it's actually it's totally fine to do what you like. I think you could make a career out of doing what you like if obviously if you just get really good at it. So it's it's almost more of a fostering than it is sort of lecturing. And um, I, I really do feel you can, you can teach yourself anything technical, um, but a mentorship allows you to benefit from someone's experience that, that um, they've had to live through that. And, and, you know, I can warn students, you know, a thousand times, but they're still going to have to learn it the hard way through their experiences. And, Sure. Even my local classes, I tell people that um, what we do in class is is worthless if you don't practice it, if you don't try it at home. If you don't come back with questions, you're not getting your money's worth. You yeah, know? that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, 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 that's a really good way of looking at it. I think the what another thing I caught on what you said is like when you put effort towards things and you show you're explaining it and stuff, it's like the sum of all things. Like it's, it's the 29 years of life that you've had. And therefore when you express something, you're like, you're evaluating yourself at 29 years of doing this thing and you're expressing Mm -hmm. it to one another, to other people. And I think that's a really great way of looking at it too, is for students, if they're not going home and applying it and using it, then it's almost like there's no, there's no, there's no, reason like they're not they're not understanding it, i suppose you know and that's the humbleness i think that and the eagerness that's important as a student that you must have in order to really gain um i don't know gain knowledge i suppose you know i wish i i, I should probably put some more time into being educated um i don't do it anymore or enough i guess from like say like if you're my mentor i don't do that um 
Maybe well, uh, Ash, I have to say, you're you're you are doing that with these uh, interviews. I mean, it is it is like it is a form of teaching. Like I, I honestly, the model yeah. the model of master and apprentice is less interesting to me than sort of a peer model. Like I like I like to get a you know a, a group of friends together and just ask them like what are their interests right now, and I feel like that's a way for them to not only teach themselves a little bit more of what they're interested in, but you get to borrow uh, what's so great about that person's individuality. Absolutely. Uh, and That's maybe, totally maybe an interesting way to encapsulate it is, um, you know, I, I honestly, I didn't really miss CG hub until, <laughs> um, until I realized uh, some of the greatest collections of art, um, they, honestly, I don't feel like they were, they were usually on the front page. The way I really loved CG Hub and wanted to, uh, what I miss is like you would go into someone's gallery, someone's art that you appreciated, and they had curated so much of the imagery that they liked. And that was, you know, that was a museum. It, it was curation. And that's, uh, that's gone now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot the of art, people. The art's around, but that's gone. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, um. Yeah, were you shook up by that? There was a lot, like a lot of mixed reactions. Um, was that something that was was a bummer when you found out? You know, maybe I feel a little bad for saying this. I was just like, eh, that's that's okay. I mean, the art's around. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I realized that those little curated galleries where I would actually spend the most time on CG Hub, you know, like going going to an artist, you know, that you respected. Um, and, and seeing what they enjoyed and what they liked was, was this beautiful lens of just sort of understanding their art better. Sure. Uh, that different level of understanding. That, that when it went down, I don't, I don't I, you know, I didn't, I didn't miss a lot of the elements. I, and I, I know they can be replaced. Um, but what I, I definitely missed was those thousands of museums that had been personally curated, you know? Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at it in a different r r range right now where I look at um, the Tumblr Nation is what I kind of consider it to be. Um, and I'm a part of it, you know, like I have a Tumblr feed or I'm just like blogs, you know, like image feeds basically. Um, yeah. And people are echoing and like kind of like there's a trend and then it just like replicates, you know, and it starts with like a guy doing something completely different or a girl doing something completely different mm -hmm. and taking a risk, right? Like we said, becoming yourself. And then oh. all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, I can do that. And bam. And then all of a sudden, like, and then three years later, it's like, it's in a, it's in a, like, uh, it's on Xbox basically, you know, like it's like teetered its way down all the way through the whole pattern of, of mm -hmm. people relating to it. And, 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 loving it and, 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 uh, basically replicating it in their own fashion and stuff. And I just, uh, with the whole CG hub, when it, when it canceled itself out or whatever had happened there, um, part of me was like, yeah, I had the same reaction. I was like, Oh, you know, yeah, that's, you know, it's a bummer. But I mean, I was, I was happy because I was able to get like some, I got some of my art up there before it was gone Mm -hmm. And, and, and it was, it was gratifying to have that experience. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, maybe it is interesting, you know, like I, I would spend too much time, I think, um, in there. I felt like I was spending too much time, uh, at times, um, just kind of, just kind of lurking around, like trolling around, not, not being mm -hmm. a troll, but just like looking around. And, and, and I think what you said, you touched on something kind of interesting about the Pixar thing and how people are trying to project themselves into be trying to become Pixar, you know, 
and yeah. and how dangerous that be, can be. And so, as a younger um, illustrator artist, when I would go through like CG Hub and 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 I was very influenced by all this stuff, I would just see like this guy's got that many likes. That's got this guy's got that many likes, right. and I would, it was just like a quick sum of things, right? And so I'd find the value of things but at the same time i just deep down i go well i like this more even though like it's got like five likes where he's got his other stuff has got like a million i personally resonate with this you know yeah and i think i think you have to filter through that there's there's definitely some things that are are i mean it's it's poor science to say like oh you know this one's got so many likes it must be superior this is what i can get a job doing sure Um, and that's that does not create value um, in the grand scheme of things and, and, you know, finding what you did like was the value. Like to me, the front page was just one museum. It was one curation, um, whether it was editors or algorithmic. Um, but it it was, you know, like going in, going into like Jamie Jones's gallery and just seeing what he's into right now was, was very insightful, you know, or seeing what cake I really liked, you know, and picking through that and trying to understand, you know, these, these guys who have, you know, a very individualistic style, yeah, uh, and seeing what that's composed of, like I, I do feel like there were healthy elements and a healthier way of of, uh, of viewing it that definitely was not the default. Yeah, uh, and and, uh, and I guess if anything, that's kind of what I miss, and that's um, that's that's kind of the old quote of um, you know we're we're all we're all but dwarves standing on the shoulders of giants. Is it is important to realize that the people we consider masters were composed of everything that they liked. They were, they were simply a filter, a curator of, of everything that uh, they were interested in. Yeah. That's, that's a very um, humbling and also honest and true uh, observation of this whole situation. You know, there's a, that's, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, there's an artist called uh, um, Sean Sean Barber. Are you familiar with him? He does a mm-hmm. tattoo portrait illustrated the paintings and stuff. Really beautiful great, paintings. Great work. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had this really. Um, I, I mentioned it before, and it re- resonates with me, and it and it's and it's totally applicable to what you said exactly. He had this thing on his website, this FAQ fact uh, facts and questions, or was that, is that what FAQ stands for? Frequently asked questions. Frequently asked questions. That's it. Sorry, my 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 brain's all fried. Um, he, but the way he explained like his interpretation of it, he kind of said in his own words, like, you know, don't think of yourself as being special. There's no real original ideas. Understand and be humbled by the the fact that there's a hundred there's hundreds of thousands of artists before you in time that were were just as good, if not better. And then there's hundreds of thousands of artists ahead of you that are. So be be humbled by the idea that. You're always growing, always trying to become something, but don't think of I like, yourself. I like that, but I also want to just say be encouraged by that. Be sure. encouraged that like there is no like there, there's special no master. magic yeah. power. Like you as an individual are an equal. Yeah. Yeah. Your your taste, your experiences, if you're genuine and you're exploring those and you're trying to communicate to other people, you are adding tremendous value to civilization in my opinion. Sure, sure, and 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 just because not everybody will resonate with it doesn't mean it's not a success. A prime example, like we said, like f- you know, phenomenal genius director Ridley Scott when he was in when he was most hungry when he created Alien, you know, and it or not yeah. Alien, but like um, Blade Runner. I'm sorry, he just created Alien, then he goes to Blade Runner, and and it was he was expecting. I can't imagine what that feel, feeling must have felt like, you know, the failure, you know, flop. 
and then all of a sudden now it's becoming itself, you know, as it usually does. So, but mm-hmm. you know, just think about. I always try to think about those kind of levels too. People that you know, with those tremendous amounts of responsibility in the world that we live in. I mean, it's like, you know, when I think about real world stuff, like, you know, people in war and, and like life and death situations are completely much more applicable, but I guess it's, you can, you can apply it to all different things. It just depends on how you, how you use it. I guess it's all a tool. It's all, it's all in, in how you interpret things and stuff. So, but now this is really great because I'm taking a lot of these things and I'm, I'm internalizing them and I'm trying to basically take your ideas and words and, and things that I've heard and like fit them into the construct of what I think, you know. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about is, yeah. is you filter through it. You're taking what you're like and what's useful to you and what's kind of uh, similar to like your current mode of thought. And you're, you're creating something that would be new that would benefit me just hearing of, of how it's filtered through, you know? Yeah, it's definitely. It's really cool. It's very rewarding. Um, I think that only comes when you're completely honestly open and accepting of, of, of things, you know, good or bad. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the best advice can be the, the ones that hurt you the most, you know? So, yeah, which is an interesting concept as well, too. So, which comes from a, do- a lot of different things, I think. But Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I think what hurts us are, the most is our own insecurities. And if, if a comment comes your way that, that taps into that, um, then use that exposure to analyze your insecurity rather than, you know, lash out and be defensive and, and dig in deeper, you know? Yeah. I was just talking about that the other night about um, reading comments because I actually stopped reading them um, just on my art in general. Um, mm-hmm. Just because... And I guess maybe I'm trying, uh, maybe I'm living in a box or a vacuum or something. Maybe it's bad. Um, well, sometimes that's a mechanism that's that I think is necessary in order to balance yourself. You know, like if you're out of balance, you do have to sometimes cut yourself off. Yes. Um, you know, we were mentioning CG Hub and like, I will not look at paintings while I am painting because it always, always creates a, a negative response for me. It's like, oh, well, I mean, that was better. It's like, oh. and, I, and I lose, I lose what I was excited about. So. Sure, sure. You get caught up in like the, I guess it's like, um, um, what do you call that? Like varsity years or something like that you know and get caught up in like the 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 good old times or the concept of what was better the grass is always greener kind of thing Mm. yeah that's a good that's an interesting way of looking at it if you were to create um a book of some of sorts or something like i guess i'm trying to say is like putting myself like because i like the way that you're flowing and i like Mm. the way that you're the way that you're dist- dispersing your energy and, and how you consume and work and build and stuff. If you were to have to create something out of your, your own construct, your own world, I mean, if you ever wanted to, it sounds like you're actually turning yourself into those worlds basically where you're starting to just touch the surface on, okay, this is a painting now, what else going to be, you know, mm-hmm. how would you approach that? A book, uh, a book or a game or, um, experience beyond, um, Something that would be based off of one thing that continues to grow, basically. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would approach it no differently. I, I, yeah. I really do feel saying, hey, man, I'm going to do a book, um, immediately puts those expectations and limits on there. I could say like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really interested in this subject matter. Um, like, uh, actually plants have been really, really curious to me lately. And it's like, okay, if I'm really interested in plants, let's, let's explore that. And as I, as I do that exploration, as I do that research, and as I gather the materials, 
I can look at it from, from further away and I can say, well, is this a book or is it a graphic novel? Is it a game? Is it a film? And, and it's like, if you, if you respect the individuality of what you've created, if you respect what it's telling you, what it is, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's the painting that creates itself. It's the book that writes itself, the movie that films itself. Like it's, it's so much more fun when it's not work, when it's play, when, when it's it's piecing Legos together or Lincoln logs, when it's that dynamic that it 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 almost creates itself is is always what I'm after, and I always feel that that's the best product. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great way of thinking about it and keeping in that flow, finding that flow and working with it and just letting it be what it is. Yeah, I think a lot of the problem that I might have as a creator is um, I project myself into being this thing that I'm not, but I want to become. Okay. And the struggle that I have in, in order to become that, it changes me. I eventually do become it, but it's like, it's like you said, it's like an abusive relationship. Like, yeah. it's almost like insanity, right? Like, you know, doing the same thing, but expecting different results, which is like kind of the definition of insanity. Yeah. But there's that fine line where it's like, even like I look at it like with jujitsu, like it's about rolling, it's about miles, it's about doing the same thing over to learn it, muscle memory, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with art. Like when I decided I want to do this book, I would draw every night because I wasn't spending enough time doing it. So I, over six months, I made I did like 275 drawings. Wow. And I built it all together. And I'm like, hey, I have something here. And I'm just having fun. But I'm like, but what is it now? You know? And it's mm-hmm. like, am I, should I just kind of, I'm trying to a- answer myself before I even start doing it again. I'm like, should I develop into something else? Or should I build out the story? And, and what's the story about? Is this interesting enough for me? Should well, I even I- care about anything else? It's just kind of like go and draw and have fun or, you know? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to samsara i mean go out film that for you know however long it takes get get the things that you're interested in you're gonna have little diversions and side paths that you're you you want to follow for a while and then bring it all back into the editing booth and and piece things together like you know you, you might have one shot that that had this one mood and you 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 realize that you you know a year previous film something else that would accent and and uh, enhance that to a greater degree. Like you don't plan on that stuff. You, to me, it is like Legos, not building Legos from a kid, building Legos from, you know, a, a pile that you, you dumped on the floor. You're like, okay, well, I've got, I've got this piece over here. What would fit into that? What would make that look cooler? Yeah. And if, if you can do that in, in all forms of, of, of your life, all formats, then I, I, I have to say, I think you would live a pretty happy life. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think that's when you really find that flow and you're just allowing things to be what they are and not trying to control them so much. That's actually a, a really good definition for parenting too. It's like your kids are going to yeah. do whatever they're going to do. The more you try to control them, the worse your relationship is going to be, but you have to control them within the bounds of, of allowing them to understand that they live within a world within you know boundaries. But mm-hmm. outside of that, it's like they just got to be their own self. Sure. Their own, and you, you got to let them make mistakes, right? That's, yeah. that's classic. Yeah. It's, that's where Nemo regular. came from, actually. The, the movie Finding Nemo actually came from that. The director w- had a story where he was walking mm-hmm. his son, and his son was like, I don't know, he was like, don't do that, no, don't do that, don't do that. He was like super hyper controlling, and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and, and that's where this, the story came from, and, and it developed out. And, you know, obviously, all the other brains connected, and they made something yeah. really amazing. But I thought that was really interesting as well. It's like w- when, when you just let be, mm-hmm. it, it becomes itself. Um, not w- where you don't care, 
you definitely care, but you care in, to the to yep. the to the level of like of understanding, I suppose. A quote a quote that's been with me for some time and, and taken me a long time to decipher is um, intelligence is learning something new every day. Wisdom is letting something go every day. Oh wow! Yeah, that's great. I agree with that. That's a really interesting quote too. Very applicable so, to what we're talking about. So with with the child, you know for a fact, like, oh, you know, if he if he steps over there, he's going to fall or something like that. Um, but wisdom tells you, like, well, I mean, it's not going to kill him. He might find that out the hard way. And then he knows not to step on things, you know, like you have to learn through experience. And I think uh, parenting is a great example of it, um, though I'm not a parent myself. I, like if, if you can treat things with respect and individuality and and keep your distance and, and, and know that like knowledge isn't always the greatest thing. If, if, if all you have is knowledge and you've not built up experience, it's, 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 um, it's a little hollow to me. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good way of looking at it too. It's almost like you have this amazing tool, but you don't know how to use it, you know? So, Mm -hmm. which makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and cool. I mean, I think I think there's artists like that out there, you know, guys guys that will go like super in depth into physics and like the geometry of like a human body, and yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad people are doing that, but I, I do feel like that's only one side to uh, what they could be doing, um, and I, I'm always I'm always a fan of the people who marry it all together, um, I, and I think I think my argument for a lot of abstract art is like, yeah, I mean, I appreciate what they've distilled, but I'm, I'm always a little more excited to see the guy that did that with a multi-figure composition or in a landscape or something like that, where it's, it's distilled, it's about one element, one idea, one concept, but it's got everything else in there. Like it's that beautiful balancing and mastery is, is what excites me. Yeah. Well, I can see that in your work. So the language of the work that you create has that same kind of, um, it makes sense that you would think that definitely and that would resonate with you psychologically um, because it's all relations right like when you work at when we look at art it's just like a, it's just yourself looking back at yourself I guess you know my friend Coop had a really funny saying is like um, I, which I remember he's like he, you know he's like you're just having a relation with your screen or whatever it is that you're doing and and you're just trying to make it so that it doesn't have bad feedback towards you and, and that's not the right way he was saying but basically like so that, that the, it's not a shitty experience you know like it's what it's giving you back is is what you're seeking basically you know so pixel fucking you know like sure i mean a healthy relationship it is a relationship with with you know your image yeah yeah exactly and, and it's you know obviously it's not as uh you know as as uh in depth as as a personal relationship but um you can be unhealthy with it and you can be healthy with it. You can be respectful. You can be abusive. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do think, I do think if you approach yourself and your work with a little more compassion rather than sort of like, I, I, I know a lot of artists that offer their self hatred have, have propelled themselves very far, but it's not a sustainable system and it, it will burn you out eventually. Yeah. Um, so if you don't transition into a more compassionate, more level headed, um, sustainable architecture, um, you know, you'll fall to the ground. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's a good way of, it's a good way of looking at it and creating like, you know, like life is a marathon and it's not about the destination, it's the journey itself and setting yourself up for enjoying that marathon is, I guess, part of the success of it. So, yeah, these are some really deep 
heavy thoughts. I mean, when I think about this, all this stuff, I'm going to definitely have to have a re-listen of this because the things that you're exchanging and ideas, uh, they're definitely higher level consciousness, which is great, which is the things that I really love. It's why I really created the podcast too. Like, uh, I guess you hit it perfectly is like, it's a mentorship program for myself and whoever's listening and for the guest like yourself, who's come on to share the time, but like, it's like this exchange of, of information and energy, you know, and it's, uh, it can be very challenging to get that kind of, uh, exchange by yourself, you know, so, Totally. And, you know, to anyone listening, like go out there. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be someone you look up to, like explain, you know, what you're learning to anyone, you know, like take five minutes to explain it or, you know, take, take an artist that they don't have to be better than you and and just share, like treat each other as peers, but teach. And like, you're going to learn so much more than if you had just stayed in, you know, your, uh, in your office and painted, that whole time like you need that diversity in order to truly propel yourself forward yeah i agree it's a good way of looking at it super mature way of looking at it dude yeah my brain you killed my brain you killed my brain Brain is dead well man i mean um feel free to have me on in the future it's 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 a ton of fun if you ever want to and if you're if there's ever anybody that you want to talk and you want to bring on like we're totally up for that as well if you ever that's something that would be a fun dynamic to bring somebody on or we can always talk again if you're up for it as well and maybe check out some films let's keep in touch and maybe we can articulate our experience with that and and maybe once you start developing what you're getting into and kind of like it sounds to me like you're on the verge of having a really interesting uh, transitional period for your work and you as a creative um, once you're discovering these multiple dimensions to how far these things can go so you know that'd be really interesting to see how that goes and where that goes and takes you, you know? So cause, yeah, cause that's a whole different Avenue that you're about to embark on, which is going to be really interesting. So, well, thanks man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm, I'm exploring. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. And it's, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's about the journey and I'm, I'm really happy to just be on it. And I'm happy that my lifestyle right now allows me the pace to actually walk on that journey rather than, you know, hop on a car or something like that. So sure. Well, it's also choices. I, I think you should give yourself the credit for making the choices to allow yourself to have these experiences. You know, so it takes a person with a certain amount of level of trust and understanding of their, of their own self to to know that hey, I'm going to take a year off, or hey, I want to do freelance. I mean, freelance <laughs> is definitely not for everybody, um, but it's definitely for me. It's 100 percent for me. Sometimes it's trust and confidence. Sometimes it's desperation. But sure, yeah, a mix of both. But yeah, it sounds like you like to create your own path, and that's definitely what the freelance lifestyle is about. It's not easy, but it's just about what it is. You know, that's just that's just the journey itself. So, but yeah, I'd love to have you on again, and I'm gonna definitely check out a lot of these things. And for everybody that's listening, I'm gonna have the links at the bottom. Um, at the of the soundcloud or even i think they'll probably be embedded in itunes if you listen through itunes so check out these books check them you know experience all this awesome stuff and dude thank you so much thomas i really really appreciate it my pleasure man thank you for having me on yeah super cool man appreciate it and have a wonderful day and uh yeah enjoy the sunshine